thanks for listening to Street Fight, tuning in. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, I usually have <laughs> uh, music in my ear, uh, but today we don't. Uh, this is the call-in show. We want to hear from you. It is not the ABCD call-in show. I need to work on uh, not saying dates if I can't keep them. Um, but I'm going to have some advertisements and some art. Next Sunday is going to be the official ABCD call-in show because uh, I did. I made that date announcement without realizing I had books and people to call in tonight. So look for that next week, the Anyone But Cis Dudes call-in show next Sunday on Street Fight. And uh, I will use this as a learning moment so that I don't give out dates that I don't think I can keep anymore. Uh, this is Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And you can reach us at 614-655-3887. We want to hear from you and what's going on in your world. If you want to support the show, it's all done through Patreon.com, the website where you support the people you like. You can sign up for $1 to $5 a month and get access to extra bonus material from Brian and I, including uh, I'm doing live streams on Fridays at 3 p.m. called High Five Friday, where I, I share five things from the week that I enjoyed. Uh, you can come and talk to me and ask questions and, and share things that you like. Um, also going to be upping the amount of video game playing that goes on. Um, I'll be around tomorrow on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio playing some games in the afternoon to help you steal time from work. So with that said, Brian, how's it going? Good. Good. I mean, okay. You know, I never want to go too far in the good department. Why? But I'm feeling okay. You know? Uh-huh. Everything's going all right. Let's get to the hear. Sunday scaries. Every Sunday. You know? About, about eight, about 7.45, I start to have anxiety. About the show? I guess. I don't fucking know. I don't know why it happens. Probably driving to the show, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I, um... I mean, I guess I still have those in a certain degree uh, because on mon- when Monday rolls around, I'm just like so surprised every single time it's Monday again. I'm like, you can't be serious. All I did was play video games and watch movies. Yeah. How can that happen? That doesn't take that much time, does it? It's Nope. It took my entire life away from me. Yeah. Sunday is sort of like a, a weird day because it's I have Friday and Saturday off and then Sunday feels like a day off. Yes. But then at the end of the night, it's like, oh, got to go do this, though, you know? Yeah. I watched NASCAR, fell asleep halfway through the race, um, and then woke up and had to scarf down dinner before work. Yeah. I I, uh, walked on a treadmill. All right. Watched an Italian TV show and uh, went grocery shopping. That's That's a wonderful day. I'm sure it is. Productive day. It was productive. It was. The treadmill has been a lifesaver because the snow outside is basically concrete now. Yeah. Because it's been just freezing cold and there's been snow on the ground for days at this, for weeks at this point. I hate snow. Snow is bad. My daughter is like, oh, it looks so good. It, it's beautiful. I'm like, it doesn't look beautiful. It's sludgy and gross, and it's black snow, and it's all piled no. up, and everything looks dead. No, this snow is way better than this. Not the gray snow. It's pretty. It's pretty pristine and white out there. In your yard, yeah. You go out on the streets where it's black. Yeah, black snow. I don't Texas know. Texas tea. Not like that's a bad opinion, man. 
You can't mm. avoid the snow. Don't like it. It's a good opinion because it's just, you can be miserable for those months. Who wants to be you know? miserable? Me. You Me. Know? No, you don't. Me. No, you don't. Actually, it's going to be like 50 degrees, though. Later that is nice. Week, which is like, you know, I was thinking about it all day yesterday. And I was like, when it's 50 degrees, it will feel like 70. Oh, yeah. You know? No, I'll be running out to the car with a t-shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be out walking and I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have worn this hoodie. Right. You know, it's too hot. Yeah. I love the way it recalibrates. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's weird how, like, you just are able to, like, you hear people in Florida who are like, it's 54 degrees. It's fucking freezing. And you're like, I would do anything for 54 degrees. You know? Yeah. But for me, it's like always like, I can't wait until there's leaves on the trees. That is when I shine. That is my most shining moment. Is once the leaves get on the trees, the bee man feels good. It just feels great. You know? Yeah. Look like how beautiful this is. It's yeah. lush. I got to say, tying your, tying your feelings to the weather is not a good idea. Probably not. Probably not. But, you know, I, I just, I have unhealthy habits. Yeah, we know. The way I live. But, yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's been a decent weekend. I I I, I worked uh, through the days, through all the days last week, so I didn't have like an extra day off. But like, I felt good when I finished my last thing for the week. Like it was sort of like a TGIF feeling, you know? Yeah. But you don't get that very much in our line of work—a TGIF feeling. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Uh, I definitely have spent way too much time always working, and it's such a bad idea because it just ruins your life, and no one should be doing that, even if it's like a passion project or if you make your own money. I um, just wanted to slide down the, the banister, ra- the railing on my steps after I finished. Like, I, I wanted to, wanted to like do the Flintstones, slot, like he slides down the tail of a dinosaur. At the end of his day off, you know, the noise comes. Yeah. And as soon as I finish that last podcast of the week on Thursday, I'm just like, and I slide down the banister and I'm very excited. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, um, that's my Friday. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you have one. Fridays are great. They're the best days. Well, it's coming. It's going to be Friday again soon. With, I know. Before you know it. I know. My I Fridays know. are always just kicking myself to death because I didn't do enough on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I saved it all for Friday. Yeah, I always feel like um, Friday I take off. Like Friday is like a Saturday to me. I just am like, I'm not doing shit. Yeah. I'm fucking sit on my ass. Watch WandaVision. Complain no. about it when it's over. And then you uh, watching that by yourself or with the family? With the family. Okay. We're all three watching it together. Together. Is this like a thermostat situation? Or are you just forcing them to watch it? Or I think I did the first two episodes, but now they're into it. You know, now we're all like, kind of like, what happens next? You know? Right. We've gotten into the groove of like a mystery. And you're like, ooh, there's a mystery happening. What's going to happen? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that's just. I don't know. I like mysteries. Very into that. And we're watching this show called Ozark that I, that none of us, I don't think, like. I don't think any of the three of us like it. But we're going to see it through, I think. Which is, you know. You have to. 
Yeah. I mean, it's in the contract of TV watching. Once you get to episode six, it's like, let's see this through. Yeah. Maybe something good will happen. I don't know. Can't give up. Maybe something that doesn't suck will happen. And then you'll be like, what? Look, okay, they got me back in. I those those last three seasons I watched weren't the best, but now I'm back. Yeah, getting back in would imply that I was in at all through the whole thing. Ah, okay. I haven't been in. Now yet. I'm in. I've been on a thing where I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't. Now I feel like I've roped everybody into this thing. Uh huh. And you want to pull the ripcord? I do that to my I, – I get – I watch a movie with my wife and about 20 minutes in, I'm like, all right, let's just get out of this. Let's get out of this this uh, boondoggle here. So smart. So smart. That's why I was – We're going to regret this. I can already tell I don't like the humor. <laughs> I don't I'm, like this fucking tone on none of it. I was talking about that today with WandaVision. It's like, you know, whatever they make, I'm going to watch because I've just spent – It's just, you sunk so much time into this yeah. at this point. Yeah. Just – an amount of 40 hours or 50, 60 hours you've sunk into this thing. And you're just like, I don't like it, but like, I don't, what if it gets, what if it makes me feel like it did at the beginning when I decided to sink myself into it? But you know, it's not going to. Yeah. You know, it's I, like I went and saw Iron Man. I, I remember the year Iron Man came out, right? Oh. It came out the same uh. year as The Dark Knight. Uh-huh. And I went around saying I liked Iron Man more than I liked The Dark Knight. That was like my whole thing. It was like Iron Man was better. Yeah. You know? Love this Iron Man. And then the next year, The Incredible Hulk came out. And I was like, oh, I like that, you know? And then, but then like 15 movies in, it's like, I don't like this anymore. This is not for me, but I'm just going to keep watching it. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to read comics, which it seems like a prerequisite for watching these movies and stuff that you know something yeah, you're about right. the comics. But I don't know anything because they don't understand. For you comic book people out there, you don't understand how hard it is to read a comic book. You don't. You will never get it to an outsider that's looking in and at one point said, I want to read Civil War and then started to Google how to read Civil War. And it seemed like the hardest thing in the history of the world. And I just gave up, you know, they can't just put them all in one book. It's got to be in 72 books for you to fully understand it. And then they won't just make one book of the whole story. You know what I mean? Well, that's what it was like back then, too, when it was coming out, is that they were trying to get you to buy all of their titles. So, you all of, out of nowhere, you have to start buying, you know, a Black Cat comic book or something, because it has, it has a Civil War tie-in. Yeah, but you're like, well, but, like, now that they've done it already, couldn't they just make a compilation of those books in one book? That I would be interested in reading. For real. They might. I don't know. You, you couldn't find it? I looked a long time ago books. and there just wasn't much of one. And it was just, there was, they were like, you got to buy this, 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 and this. I got to say, uh, comics are not like TVs and movies where you just go to the internet and they tell you what to read. I know. You got to go. The best way to do it is just go to the library. And yeah. just look at what they have and thumb through stuff until you see something that grabs your attention. I think that's the the best way to do it. The library n- never has 
every my library doesn't have everything or even close. They have like a little bit of a lot of stuff, but not a complete series. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll have they like have a ton of gra- they have graphic novels there. I'm sure. No, not at my library. It's there's not much there at all. Do you go to the teen section ever? I do. Because that's I where I hang out. I did. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't go down there. They don't that's, like guys that look like me go down there. <laughs> I have to slip in and show them like some Naruto like hand signals, like my shadow jutsu. And then I go to the manga real quick and quick and grab stuff and go away so they don't think I'm eavesdropping on their conversations. Maybe, I hate maybe this. now with my new clothes, like now that I wear like teen oh, type yeah. clothes, I can walk in there and they'll be like... Oh, this this guy obviously likes teen stuff. He's yeah. wearing a teen shirt. They're gonna think you're just like an old senior. They're, yeah. they're just gonna be like, who do you have? For, who do you have for Miss Science next year? Miss McCutcheon? She sucks. Yeah, I don't like to hear their conversation. I don't want to hear their conversations either. I always get away as fast as possible, and then I you look, and then you're like, uh, oh, I gotta go somewhere. I can't be here. <laughs> it's also because you know that they I'm violating think, their space right they think you're listening too because you're an adult <laughs> right right and teenagers these days you talked about something last night that just broke open something in my mind but teenagers these days aren't afraid of adults they don't when yeah. we were kids you know you were just afraid of adults you didn't fuck with them really you know, with rare few exceptions, there was always like a kid in school that punched a teacher or something like that, obviously. Yeah. But most kids were just like, I don't want to get tangled up with adults. They can ruin my life. All this stuff. Now they're just like, hey, bro, like the, like a 17-year-old boy will come up to you at 42 and be like talking to you about weed and stuff. And you're like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think cursing that- and stuff, just cursing at you. <laughs> yeah, we let them cuss all the time, and we talk to them like regular people, so and they talk back like they're like one, they're just a regular person and not a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they are more like I yeah I would I would be more likely to to just say like fuck you and sprint away and laugh on the way, but they'll yeah. stand there and argue against you. Really, you know, yeah. like really make you explain yourself. Even the fucking eight year olds are doing that to me already. Yeah, they give you shit. Yeah, and you want to answer. You're like, I need to be honest to this person, and you just want to go back to the old ways when you can just be like, fuck you, you're a kid. You're I'll get you in trouble. I know. <laughs> how, how many adults just said shit to me like, oh yeah, like uh, because you, that's you the way don't it is. Fucking get it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, go piss off, kid. You go play with your GI Joes when you're 16. They still think you're playing with toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Adults didn't respect you until you started to like use hammers and stuff like that. Then they were like, uh, oh, you got a nice black and decker over there. Yeah. All right. That that was like what I always thought meant you were an adult was when like because they would be like, go, why don't you go fucking trade your baseball cards or something? And you're like, I don't play with baseball. I'm 16 <laughs> years old. Yeah. I have a job. You know? Right. <laughs> like, you're telling me, but the, but adults just thought anybody under 25 was stupid and played with toys. Yep. <laughs> but now it's all different. Yeah. Now we've created like our the the you know millennials. I I don't know if I'm a millennial. It, it's like so weird. You're one of us. It's a weird thing because it's like uh, if you just go by the years. I'm like the earliest of the early millennials or the latest of Gen X. Like, I don't feel like I fit 
and either thing. I was born in 1979 yeah. and they always say millennials are 1980. But it's like, but I hang out with people that are younger than me mostly. You know, I'm the oldest person I know. Right. So, um, well, I forgot what I was going to say there. But I helped you guys fuck it up. I helped you guys oh. fuck up the adult mystique. Oh, yeah. You know? That's what that's what I was going to say, too. What we were talking about is that millennials, we kind of screwed up. Because when we were a kid, the TV show, the TV didn't say fuck and ass. And it wasn't like families weren't all making, like, you know, Connie Lingus jokes like you yeah. can do on TV nowadays. There was this really respectability thing. You would get in trouble. You got your mouth washed out with soap if you, <laughs> if you, if you said a cuss word. But now with my kids, it's just like, don't say that around grandma and don't say that at school. That's how I always That's was all it is. too. You can say, if you hurt your finger, if, if, if something is really good, you can say, oh, fuck, that's good. But you can't do that at school. Yeah. Don't get me in trouble. You know, my philosophy with Gwen has always been, don't make me put on a show in front of other adults. You know? Yeah. Just you do whatever you want. But don't make me go. Don't like stay the night at a friend's house and sneak out and get drunk. Cause then I have to come over and be mad in front of the other parents and be like, you get your ass in there. But then just be like, okay, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've been having these thoughts lately and we'll get to the calls in just a second, but I've just been having these thoughts lately. And this is not because my kid is interested in this or anything like that. I, I want to preface this by saying it hasn't been brought up. The, the topic hasn't been broached, but I'm just like, if I, parents of teenagers, I can't be the only one that during this pandemic has thought like, I'm just going to let her get high. You know what I mean? It's just these kids don't get to do anything. They're, they're locked in the house until at least next fall. And it's just kind of like, let's just let them smoke some fucking weed. <laughs> you know, um, it's popped in my mind several times just to be like, you can have an edible. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I just feel for them so much like my daughter hasn't hung out with adults or hasn't hung out with other teens in months yeah, at this did, point she we did board game light night last night and i'm so used to her i still think of her not being there i'm like oh gwen's not gonna come it'll just be us four and then i'm like oh no she has to hang out with old people all the time now i know i know that's that's why i'm like just let her have a fucking cocktail or something i don't fucking know you know i just don't know how to deal with this i don't, I don't know what i would have been doing yeah yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, I, I don't know what to say. It's, I don't think I would choose drugs and alcohol as a solution to problems for I my know. kid. I, I know, <laughs> but that's, I'm but that saying is how, that, that's what everybody else does. <laughs> that's yeah. what everybody else in the world is doing and everyone around you is doing yeah. to make it through this is drugs and alcohol. Right. So I, I'm like only understand the way that I deal with shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and just like she, like I said, she hasn't asked her anything and I don't know if she like wants to. But, like, I don't want to be the person that's like, hey, you know, let's get high together. Just if she said something, I'm at a weak. What I'm saying is if yeah. she requested it, I'm at a weak spot. Sure. In my life. The dam could break. Where I would just be like, fuck it. Let's get high. Yeah. You know, let's just get high together. I had um, I had a weird friend whose mom uh, made him smoke weed with her when, she, when he was 14 and was like, you're going to do this with your friends anyways. So... I want you to I want you to to show you what it's like or whatever or I want to be there 
to help. Don't want to be that. Yeah, but he's a lawyer now that lives in Los Angeles. So yeah, 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 yeah. I I just don't want to like. I don't want to have her doing stuff that she wasn't gonna naturally. Oh yeah. Do. Oh yeah. You know, if I thought that that was what she was gonna do, I would probably be like, let's just smoke some weed. I right. We, if she we, came home stinking like weed. Yeah. We hung out with a guy whose dad would let you hang out at his house on Friday nights and you could smoke weed inside, but you couldn't smoke cigarettes inside. And just like his dad worked at Meyer and he worked like third shift. So like everybody in my grade, all the bad kids in my grade would go over to Dennis's house every Friday night. How old was he? He was... 15 or 16 when okay. we were doing it. Okay. And like, you know, I had sex the first time there. I did acid the one of the first times there and like all, so much stuff. And it's like, I wonder if that dad knows that his house was just like such a fucking spiritual journey for so many people. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people's trauma started there. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Let's get some calls in. Let's, let's talk to the listeners. Um, <laughs> Moloch Frolix in the chat says, my parents stole my weed and smoked it and then blamed my brother. So we fought. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that is like a Greek tragedy. right? I mean, there. it is weird too, that like my parents aren't getting high, you know, it's like, what are people doing? Just sitting around sober in this. There's just nothing. You know how much better TV would be if you were high. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, they don't know. And that's all you're doing is watching fucking TV. What else is there? That's what Gwen's been saying for weeks now. Just like, I don't know. I can't really get up to take a shower and go watch TV, which is all there is to do. Yeah, I think that's a little... I don't think that's all there is to do, but... It's how it feels for us. I mean, we play games or watch TV, but I can't ever get them to play a goddamn game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, life is more than just staring at screens. You know, you can create stuff as well. Oh, and we don't want to pursue do that. hobbies. No, <laughs> I spent my week creating stuff. <laughs> That's uh, true. I should pursue some hobbies. You're right. And, you know, my daughter should pursue some hobbies for sure. <laughs> Never met a 16 year old with zero hobbies. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I was into stuff, but. Every every yeah. sixteen year old likes some is passionate about something. My sixteen year old is like, mm, I like playing Minecraft and Roblox. <laughs> like you're fucking sixteen, kid. Yeah, you know, do something. Yep, we gotta get her back on the show. I know it's, it's been, a, been a long time. It's been a while. All right, let's uh, jump on here. Uh, I think this first one we got here is uh, this is from UCLA. I think they're doing a. a like some union stuff there. We'll, we'll talk to them. UCLA. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, hey who's hey, this? Is, uh, Nick. I'm a grad student and a union organizer at UCLA, uh, University of California, Los Angeles. What's up, Nick? Uh, like uh, uh, the for the grad school? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, actually calling in because uh, we have a union campaign we just went public with. So we're organizing around 20,000 student researchers across all the UC campuses. So uh, UCLA is one, but there's Berkeley, you know, Santa Barbara, San Diego. There's a bunch of campuses. You know, I did a little work. Uh, we're. I-, I did a little work for some research projects when I was in college. And uh, uh, they hired me on, actually. And it was like this big moment, you know, where this like where this teacher was like, I really see a lot in you. 
and I want to hire you on. I want to pay you to do this. This, I think, I think, Brian, that your future is in grad school, you know? And then I was like, cool, like, you know, what's it pay? And he, 860 an hour or 850 an hour. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, my this is not my future. Then. Okay, my McDonald's money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would be pretty nice if that were a union gig. Because uh, right now, you know, I I'm not sure how much uh, everyone knows about grad school. I know a lot of street fighters are grad students. Oh, yeah. Dope. A lot of comrades listen, I think. Uh, but when you're in grad school, for the most part, it's like a full-time job. Oh, yeah. And most people either teach or do research, and that can like vary as a function of time. Uh, so I'm in my fourth year. For the first three years, I taught. Uh, for my next uh, three years, I will be doing and getting paid for research, but only teaching assistants at the University of California are unionized. So half the time, we have a union contract, but when we get paid to do research, we don't. So we get screwed over, and you know we get these poverty wages like Brian was talking about. Uh, where your job can just disappear out of nowhere and there's no guarantee. So we're trying to fix that by expanding our bargaining unit by another uh, 20,000 folks. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I, I always, it was so weird because I always did feel like when they told me what they were going to pay me. And then I, I noticed that a lot of my teachers were grad students. And I was like, well, if, I mean, I had to assume that they were paying them something decent because of what I was paying. But the more we talk to people in grad schools, the more we find out that, like, it really is just it's like driving for Uber or something in a way. It's like a highly specialized thing that's very important. But they they treat you like you're like an Uber driver or something like you're making, you know, no money. And uh, you're doing really you're doing a lot of the harder work as researchers, you know, they're doing like they're doing the like data. What I was doing was filling in data spreadsheets of just I basically was going through voter registration uh, petitions and writing down every single voter in their address. Oh God! Into a uh, spreadsheet, and that's like what I was doing. So then they could go to the spreadsheet, and uh, so they can go to the spreadsheet later, and then compile the data, or or like use that spreadsheet to figure out the data or whatever. And uh, uh, it was yeah. like grueling work, and it was like I was doing it twelve hours a day, but it was, I was really making no money. So. Yeah, I don't think most people realize like science is a pretty collaborative effort. So, you know, you need a lot of labor to get science done. And it's not professors for the most part who do the grunt work. It's grad students. And what's really fucked up, and most people really don't realize this, even if they're applying to grad school until they get here, they kind of cap our pay 20 hours a week. But we're expected to do 40, 50, 60 hours. So, what? Yeah. Uh, it, like it me, is... For example, I'm getting paid this year for 20 hours a week. So they call 50% time. And my rate hourly is pretty good. I'm making like a little over 30 bucks an hour, but I'm not going to finish my degree or do any of my research unless I'm actually putting in 40 hours. So I, I usually work like eight, nine hours a day. And Fuck that. technically I'm only getting paid for half of that. Cause yeah, like, they're paying you half how it works and we have no say in it right now. Yeah. They're paying you half your pay. I mean, they found a way to pay you $15 an hour basically. On paper. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Oh, with that, without actually paying you. When uh, you like, go ahead. Yeah. At a, at a glance, it looks great. Like, yeah, pretty much everyone you start and like, great. I'm gonna make you know 29 bucks an hour my first year. Get a pay raise to 30, maybe get a pay raise to 33 or something like that. But when they cap you at 20 hours a week, it's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, you know, I think my take home pay is around like 30K, which in Los Angeles is just barely paying rent and getting me from A to B. Right. And they, they probably also give you grief because you make $30 an hour. You know, you can imagine somebody hearing that they make $30 an hour, what they would say. Oh, stop complaining. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm not working. Like if I, if you were working 40 hours a week, I would say stop complaining. <laughs> like if exactly. you were getting paid $30 an hour for that, that much time. But it's just like being an academic used to be such a, like, I mean, you, it wasn't a place where you went to get rich, but it was a place where you could make a comfortable living and have a comfortable job. And they have pretty much decimated that when it comes to like how many people get tenure and uh, because they're just using grad students to teach all the courses, they don't need as many people with tenure, which is just so it's just. It's like the college system is so fucked up. How how much have they been pushing back on the union? Since since you have announced it, how so, much shit uh, have you caught? We only announced uh, six days ago on the fifteenth of uh, February, so we haven't heard anything back yet. But we know they have a uh, anti-union consultant because some research scientists, so people with PhDs who work in labs, they unionized a few years ago, and they got an anti-union campaign against them. Uh, but we're expecting, you know, they have the everyone email list, so they can draft a message and send it to literally everyone. And it usually at multiple email addresses. So we spent months, you know, talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, uh, oh. a lot of it over zoom, a lot of it just calling and just talking to as many people as possible because, uh, we're not all in a workplace, but we're all coworkers. So it's just a lot of organizing and listening to people and figuring out what they care about. Uh, but you know, I think the main thing for folks is pay, right? We don't get paid enough. We need, more money and uh, a union is the way to get it. Absolutely. It's a way to, it's a, it's also a way to like level out those hours. Not that like grad school is really people in grad school are passionate. A lot of them are passionate about they, what they do and they're going to work long hours no matter what, you know, but, but like getting some kind of fair compensation for it seems great. And, and you know, what's also weird about this is that like you got, Colleges get this shit for being these like bastions of liberalism and, and communism and shit. And they will always hire a union, an anti union, do an anti union campaign. They always figure out a way to do an anti union campaign, which is like you're bringing in so much money. What is so expensive to run a college, you know, with the amount of money that they bring in? Every person you see there is just spending just piles of cash to be there. Like what is the school well, doing with that money? It's all these administrative positions that do nothing. You know, uh, it, California, you can look up all public employee salary and there's like 20 people who make over 500,000 at the university of California. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not a lot necessary. of people making 400 to 500, just totally unnecessary. What's a football they, coach make? Paper pushers are sending emails. What's a football uh, coach make? Too much. <laughs> yeah. 
I used to see Ohio State's football coaches' salary sometimes and be like, oh my God, what am I paying for here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you guys were talking about like fair compensation. You know, uh, something that's crazy is half the time I've had a union when I worked as a teaching assistant. Uh, Now I don't as a student researcher. But like when I went over hours, I was able to grieve and like use our contract to get overtime. Uh, and at 30 bucks an hour, it's pretty nice when you have a union contract. So we're trying to get that right and get a damn contract for all 40,000 of us, not just the half who are teachers. Yeah, that's great. So uh, what, what can Street Fight listeners do to help? Yeah, I mean, if you're at UC, I, I bet there's a couple folks listening right now. Get involved, you know, talk to your coworkers, ask them what they care about, and just organize. You don't have to be part of an organizing committee or anything to organize. It's just talking about work and talking about what you don't like about work and how you're going to fix it. Yeah, because uh, eventually there's a vote uh, where uh, if you're if you're just having correct. conversations with people, eventually there's a vote, and that conversation will mean something. Exactly. Well, we actually have card check. We are uh, in a state with uh, public employees get card checks. So we are signing cards. And if you are a student researcher at University of California, go to sruuaw.org, Student Researchers United, uh, United Auto Workers, sruuaw.org, and you can sign a card. Um, and if you're not here and you're working as an academic somewhere, just talk to your coworkers, man. That's the start. That's what we got to do. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Help them out there. Uh, good luck with it. Keep us posted on what's going on. And, uh, you know, solidarity. Yeah, let us know what went down. We want to hear an update. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Thanks for the call, guys. Yeah. Ohio State's head coach is up for a contract ex- extension through 2026 and would increase his pay to nearly $5.4 million in 2020, $6.5 million in 2021, and $7.6 million the following year. Wow. Wow. That's unacceptable. I know. I would actually, I came up when I, when I got mad about the snow pants and I was thinking that, that snow pants should be a state run industry that we just rent. Um, I also came to the conclusion 100% is no one should have more than a million dollars. I think 100% tax over a million. <laughs> I, I can't conceive of any reason. I keep trying to do the math in my head uh, on what, why I, how, why I would need a million dollars. And there's no reason to, there's no reason that you can't just pay for vacations and to visit places. There's no reason to own summer homes and all the vehicles and shit I could rent if I made a million dollars a year. There's no reason. Yeah. Just being able to do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do that with a million dollars. Yes. Like, I don't care if you want a yacht. Right. You know, too bad. It's too bad. Spend Sorry. some of your million dollars on that yacht. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Chip in with 50 other assholes and buy a $50 million yacht. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. See these like super Red, yachts. Do a timeshare on a yacht. They should. It's not like they're out on their yacht every day. No. You know? Yeah. I've been to the docks. It's like snow pants. I've been to the docks during winter or during the summer, mid-summer. Oh, yeah. You know? what We went Labor Day weekend. We did a live gig in Chicago. And me and my wife went for a walk at the lake there. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of people boating, but there were also a lot of boats docked. 
Oh, yeah. It's like, well, I mean. Someone could have been out there on these ones. Yeah, these ones. Somebody was probably also standing at a boat dealership. Yep. Buying a new boat. And somebody was in a fa- a boat factory making boats. You know? Right. It doesn't have one. Yeah. All right, you ready to take another call? Uh-huh. I got a I got a, a, a good one here. This is... Uh, They're all good ones to me. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. This is, I believe, Lance from Jeopardy. Oh, what? Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey. Hi, uh, this is Lance in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey. What's up, Lance? Hi. Are you still in the... Hi. Uh, in, in the Jeopardy? Oh no, no! I well, I filmed in December, and I ate shit on TV on Monday. But oh. I did win. Am I the am I the uh, the first Jeopardy champion in Street Fight Nation? Of yes, of course. it is. You're of the course. only one. You know what's funny is like, yeah, I used to watch a decent amount of Jeopardy, Lance, and like, I am really good at trivia. The only problem is. I'm not really good at, like, how did you practice for this? Like, category-wise, are you, like, a grad student? Or did you practice, like, Rosie Perez and White Men Can't Jump? Or what? how did you get ready for this? Uh, well, I am a grad student, so uh, definitely solidarity to that oh. last caller. I have a union here at UW-Madison, and... You know, the pay is still not great, but I've got benefits and I've got somebody protecting my interests and it feels great. So solidarity. Uh, hope he gets that union. Um, but as for studying, I've just always been like a big trivia dork. But uh, I actually there's a website made by clearly insane people where they track every single question that has ever been asked on Jeopardy and who answered it, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wow. Uh, and they have a very, yeah, they have a very specific house style. They don't reuse questions, but they reuse answers and they have very specific categories with weird patterns and stuff. And if you just, uh, you know, spend a few hours a day studying those, uh, you'll start to pick up weird shit. That's fucking incredible. I, I mean, I knew that there had to be somewhere to go to know some of the questions. It's just that sometimes there's just like, wide variety of of things like if if i went on jeopardy and they had a fucking a category for tv a category for fucking music you know rock and roll music and shit and rap music i would fucking clean up but then they would be like world geography and i would be like i don't know where anything is yeah at all yeah like i i couldn't point at belarus on a map ever like I, I don't even know. I couldn't. I couldn't point to the right quadrant that Bella. If you cut the map in four, yeah, and they said point to be, point to the quadrant that Belarus is in, I wouldn't even be able to do that. All right, it would be a crapshoot if they cut it in two and they told me to point at it. It would just be a guess, you right. know. So it's just like uh, uh, I don't understand. Like here's the thing. I truly, deeply wanted to be on Rock and Roll Jeopardy when that existed. And I think I would have been great at that. That, but, that was a thing? Yeah, yeah. The guy from Survivor hosted it. Jeff Probst from Survivor hosted Rock and Roll Jeopardy. And it was on VH1. And I would say that I probably didn't get 
I, I got so many questions, right? I was just a genius when it came to that. So then I was like, I'm going to start watching Jeopardy because I'm so fucking good at rock and roll Jeopardy. I'm, I'm just great at Trivial Pursuit, the 90s edition. Yeah, I <laughs> That's don't... just only questions about the 90s? Yeah. yeah. That was, that's well, the one decade, the one decade of expertise. Yeah, that is. I, I don't like trivia very no, he much. Doesn't. I'm very offended by trivia. It just makes me feel stupid, but I know I shouldn't feel stupid. But then I'm also like, why can't I just know stupid stuff, you know? We played a trivia game called Bezer Wizard uh, on a trip we took this year to a cabin. We weren't doing anything else. We we're just going to be in the cabin. Just us and our friends. Just, you know, getting close to nature and and feeling really good about it. And then we went to play a trivia game, and it pissed Brett off so I couldn't, much. I should have excused myself from the room. He was so mad, that, and everybody knew it, and everybody was, like, getting uncomfortable with it. But then, like, you know, it was like, fine, Brett's mad again. What are you going to sure. do? You know? But I'm good at it. I was great at it. Brian is yeah, Brian is good at trivia. I'm full of useless knowledge. But I don't think I'd be good at Jeopardy. So how do you try out for Jeopardy? What 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 is the process here? Uh you just uh you can take an online test that anybody can take, and if you pass that, they don't tell you if they do, you'll just get a call later, like uh like a job interview. Uh then you take another test, uh, which is you know, it's like fifty fill in the blank questions, uh and you only have 15 seconds to answer each one. And when you take the second test, they also give you, like, make you play a fake game to make sure that you can go through the motions quickly. Like, you can pick a category and make your wagers and all that stuff. Uh, and then a little interview. But then they just put you in the pool, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but it's, it's definitely funny you say that about, you know, cleaning house on, like, the popular music categories. I, I'm a film student. I study film. Uh, so I just, like, cleaned house on the... Uh, movies and television, and then I swept a category that was just like old rock and roll stars. So I think our expertise is not so so different. <laughs> yeah, it's just that I don't I don't know a lot of anything else. You know, I'm just really if there was a show about pop culture, I mean, I think I'm pretty much an ex. I I could be. Remember that show, Beat the Geeks. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> on Spike? Boy, do I. Yeah, I love that Wait, show. Yeah, I, I, I could have beat the pop culture geek. I'm uh, the, the Both the music geek and the it was on Comedy Central. And what it was was you competed against three other people, regular people. And then at the end, you competed against a geek of your choosing, uh, I believe. I might be wrong mm -hmm, about the mechanic sure, of the game. Sure. But like, uh, oh boy, I could have been one of the geeks, dude. I could have right. been. Let's make you a geek. I could have been a music geek or a, uh, a TV geek. Not film necessarily. Maybe though, I've seen a lot of movies. But like, so do they pay for you to be uh, number one? What one question? Who was the host when you were doing it? Ken Jennings. Ken Jet is he cool? Yeah, I didn't get to hang out with him or like kick it or anything, but like he was very nice and he was very professional and in good spirits. It's just like it wasn't like my buddy Ken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something and I hate I hate to say this. I was listening for some of you on uh Howard Stern this week, but uh Howard and Robin do not like Ken Jennings. 
at all. They want George Stephanopoulos to host uh, uh, Jeopardy, but they didn't mention oh, you. But uh, if they mention you, Lance, I will be the first to DM you and say Howard Stern talked about you on a show, yeah. as that's what I'm an expert in. But uh, uh, do they fly you out, or do you have to get there yourself? And do they put you in a hotel? Uh, I had to pay for myself to get there, and I'm in Wisconsin. I, I went to Los Angeles, uh, and I paid for a shitty little motel called Dino's Motel. Uh, but, you know, even if you get third place, you get $1,000. So if oh. you've got the money to get there, you will get compensated at least somewhat. Um but, you Pay know, taxes, it turned out to be pretty lucrative. I got right. 20 grand. Yeah, you made money. But I got to tell you, though, they should be paying for that room and that flight. I think I'm going to organize Jeopardy champions to get you your money back, actually. Yeah, I would have made it through and then been like, none of this fucking matters. And then there you would have seen me like in the headlines, uh, viral moment on Jeopardy goes wild. And then I would make money off of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I would definitely like. The, my downfall would have been I would have been totally confident that I was going to make $20,000, <laughs> right? And then I would get a hotel room <laughs> that cost as yeah. much as possible. Right. You would have bought some stuff. Like, I need to, I mean, I'll, I need to get a good outfit. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to get 20K tomorrow. Might as well spend a thousand on an outfit. <laughs> I would have spent so much money on clothes, man. Oh, my God. Did you buy new clothes for it? Uh, no, I did not. I'm a grad student, and so I have to have, like, a few nerdy, twerpy outfits to teach in. So I had those at the ready. Yeah, y'all are good to go for Jeopardy. They just file you in there. What do you know? Mm -hmm. What the fuck do you think you know? Yeah. I feel like I... I are you feel playing like... Jeopardy? Why is it called Jeopardy? Are you in Jeopardy when you're Oh, I playing? think that's an old thing. Can I, is your, yeah, what's in Jeopardy? You can, like, lose money on all the questions. That's true. Your reputation you is in Jeopardy. Jeopardy no, no, I think it's called Jeopardy because like you have to if pay you the money wrong, you lose, and you have to pay that. That would be no, sick yeah, if they that would that you rack up if they debt. made you pay the if you came in negative if they made you pay it that would be a sick fucking game. Then they would put Jeopardy centers all around the country and people <laughs> would be getting collection from Jeopardy <laughs> collection calls. I would probably I, never. I, miss I hate to call you out, but that's a joke straight from The Simpsons. Is it really? Literally on the oh, jeez. Yep. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I would totally fucking want, I would love a show where you can actually c come out in debt. You know, like, yeah. what? Uh-oh. And you can do a GoFundMe later on, you know? And also, You're famous. you didn't call us out. No one watches The Simpsons that, that, that does this show. Yeah, we don't watch The Simpsons. We don't know nothing about The Simpsons. That no, is never seen it. All right, well. We've never, neither one of us have ever seen The Simpsons or heard of it. So that's just a little something about us. Point of pride. <laughs> We're built different. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I've seen like three seasons uh, of it. I've seen millions of episodes I've, of The Simpsons. You know, I don't just, remember any of them. I, and there came a time in my life where I said, it's a cartoon. I can't watch it anymore. You know? And then I feel stupid for that now. Because now every meme is a Simpsons meme, and I don't get it. Yeah. You know? It's a bit beat for me. Mm. Sorry. That's it fair. wouldn't be if you watched it, though. You know what I'm saying? If you got the memes, oh, I get it, it wouldn't be beat yeah. for you. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, shit, that's from episode 3000. Yeah. That's but uh, um, I'm trying to think. Was there an audience there? 
Uh, there was not an audience there. They actually had all the contestants be in the audience just so they had some like audience reaction stuff to like play off of. But that's pretty much it. Oh, they did have us in the Wheel of Fortune set as the oh. green room because the green room was too small for COVID. You got pictures, the right? The Wheel of Fortune set. No, they couldn't. Wouldn't let me. What? I was. I was not allowed to have my phone out. But I will say the Wheel of Fortune set. Dinky. And chintzy as No, hell. don't say that. What? That wheel cardboard? There's two things that I think it are so like magical to me as a person, and it's the wheel of fortune, looks so cool, and the big wheel on the price is right, you know? And now you're telling me that the wheel of fortune looks cheap? The, the wheel of fortune, my God, it's so small, it's so dinky. What? It, like, it does not evoke fortune at all. That's it's not. It's depressing. <laughs> no, see, now that you, that costs, this Jeopardy, you may have won some money, but it cost you a lot. Uh, the Wheel of Fortune that looks costs, big and heavy. Yeah, me. yeah. It's ju it's like the best, <laughs> biggest, heaviest roulette wheel. I know. It's a Cadillac of roulette wheels. I cannot. Did they let, did you spin it? There were, they were very, very strict. Many signs around that said, do not touch the wheel. That's they were so very particular about that. Selfish. You know why, though? You know why? Because it's probably a piece of shit that would fall apart if you touched it, now that you think about it. Yeah. But doesn't it look like when they grab the pin to spin the Wheel of Fortune, it looks like they're really putting some oomph into it. And it's like, yeah. are they? did they tell them to act like they're putting some oomph in it? Like, do they yeah. work that, you know? It's just a rail, railroad spike that they chromed. Uh, yeah, this is sick. This is sick to me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm, so, I'm sorry to disillusion you about the Wheel of Fortune. It, you know, I have to share it because it's, I've been holding. I couldn't talk about it for a really long time. Any of the experience, and now uh, spilling any sort of details. I love to do that, so I have to share my disappointment with the wheel. I hey, you know, I wasn't even there, and I'm disappointed with the wheel now. It's a bummer to me. I, I really wanted the yeah. Wheel of Fortune to be... We got to put a warning on this. What? On this app. Why? For the podcast. Let people know. Hopes and dreams might get... Yeah. The Wheel of the garbage. fucked. You know. But, uh, uh, so you said that you shit the bed on an episode. But, uh, overall, like, obviously the experience kicked ass. And I see you on Twitter... And uh, my friend John was very insulting to you, and I apologize for him for that. And uh, uh, no, he's fine. Yeah, what do no, you think of that bastard? You don't have to be nice to him. You don't have to be nice to that man. I, you know what? I was extra mean to him on the last POD cast uh, in your honor. But uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, and I, I see that you've retweeted some of the stuff that people have said about you. And uh, so, how's it feel to be on TV? I would never search my name. Are people being extra mean to you or are people pretty cool? Uh, I found that like, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of a big personality. And so uh, generally a lot of people like me, but like maybe 20 to 25% of people that I meet find me extremely annoying. Yeah. That was about the same ratio online, uh, okay. which was fine. I, like I wouldn't have name searched if I wasn't prepared for some people to say like, wow, that guy seems like way too energetic and like he's going to have a heart attack and he makes weird faces and shit. Right. I was expecting that. Um, 
And, you know, when you have $20,000 waiting for you at the end, it's like, well, you can't even hurt my feelings, can you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and truly, and, and truly, like, Jeopardy is the show. Like, there isn't another. You did the top A1 uh, game show. I don't, I don't think there's anything bigger. Or, or or more respected than Jeopardy. So not Wheel of Fortune anymore, at least. That's true. Not Wheel of Fortune at all. <laughs> but that might be Jeopardy second place. Just... But even then, people have kind of gotten to the point where they're like, Wheel of Fortune's, you know, a dumb guy. I think man, who thing. wants to be a millionaire is, is the is my big one. But that's not a big one anymore. People aren't going nuts for it. They you should know? be. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting it now. <laughs> Yeah. Jim yeah. No, it's been a long time since Regis, man. Regis would hype that shit. <laughs> yeah, it went nuts. Man. That's what you got to work on. You got to work on getting on millionaire now, because I think you could become a millionaire if you want twenty k on that on Jeopardy. Then it only stands to reason that you would win a million on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, because Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is easier than Jeopardy. And Brian can be your lifeline. I will be your lifeline too. <laughs> I promise you can call uh, me about anything. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this uh, right now, Lance. If I get on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I'll be messaging you to be my lifeline. That's what deal we have now. Hell yeah. Between me and you, you're my lifeline, and I am, I'm your lifeline. So if you get it right, that'll be good for me, but I'll probably get it wrong. But, you know. But, uh, uh, well, I want to thank you for calling, and I want to say... I'm very impressed, and I was very excited to see that I could get behind the scenes of Jeopardy with you because, you know, I haven't watched game shows in years, but, like, the hype for Jeopardy lately has got me thinking about, like, watching it yeah. with the fam, you yeah. know? Like, sit down with the family and watch Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. Answer questions. I'll look real smart in front of them. You know, it's fun to shout them out. Even just, I like to just throw something that you totally biff on. Just yeah. say something absolutely wrong. Just Wait, first oh, thing that comes to your mind. Oh, before we let you go, uh, is it? Did you have to practice answering in the form of a question? Because I think that's what would fuck me up. Well, I've been trying to get on the show since I was an undergrad, uh, and I'm, I'm, I took a few years off, so I'm just about 30. Uh, but I've been kind of mentally practicing that for years, so that came very naturally. Uh, I was more afraid of accidentally cursing when I said something wrong. Oh, okay. I lost a thousand dollars. I, oh, you, wait, wait. You lose a thousand dollars if you curse? No, no. If oh, I know what you said. That's the Jeopardy. Now that's a, Jeopardy. There isn't a Jeopardy swear jar. Is there? No, I, I'm, no. I'm so gullible no. right now. I'm, so, I'm just talking to somebody that's done something. He's like climbed the mountaintop. Uh-huh. Like this is as high as, I mean, this is way higher than anything I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. It's impressive. He, you know? I mean, he, he, he was there. Yeah. He's there and people talked about it. You know, well, let's hope. I mean, you know, maybe now you can get on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or something, too. You know, something like that. <laughs> well, Lance, is there maybe a Jeopardy con? Yeah, I, that would be a. Is there a Jeopardy con? I don't I don't think so. I think the closest thing is that they let me into a Jeopardy Facebook group for former contestants, Ooh. which is thrilling. 
I'm sure you can imagine. No, yeah, the drama in there. I mean, <laughs> look, I've seen your account for a few days now, and I just talked to you. Have you started any shit in there? Because that would be funny. I have not yet started any shit in there. Um, most of the people I met there were very nice, but if it turns out to be like full of dweebs and reactionaries, I, I may just start using shit posting powers. <laughs> right now, it's very professional. But just let me know. It, please keep me and Brett posted at least on whether or not there's a good fight in the Jeopardy contestants group. I mean, that's got to be the most privileged of information. Yeah. It's an elite class. It's better than Mensa. Consider it done. Thank I you, will Lance. Keep you abreast of any drama. And keep give them your Twitter uh, name. I, Lance uh, is a good follow. Yeah. And yeah, you can whatever you want. Oh, okay, yeah. My uh, Twitter handle is at Lance Saint Laurent because that is my really fake sounding name, but it is really my name. Uh, that's L A N C E S T L A U R E N T. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome to call back anytime. Have a good one. Yeah, you're great, Lance. Thank you. All right. All right. Peace. Bye. Oh, that's so funny. The Wheel of Fortune. Brett. Yeah. It's a wheel of it's, not fortune. Someone in the chat also said the current winner is another grad student. So there's a real pattern developing here. Like, Have they had a podcaster as a winner yet? Yeah, you could set that record, maybe. Yeah, that should be something for me. You know, oh, hey, it's a podcaster. He's on... Yeah. He's on uh, uh, Jeopardy now. It, yeah, he, he does uh, He does uh, live video on twitchy.com. Yeah. And then I have to like, I have to like uh, explain what the show yeah. is, which is what oh, yeah. I hate doing more than anything in the world. Yeah. Well, it's kind of about work, but it's also like about politics, but it's not like that political, but it is political. And yeah, you know, then we have call-in shows, but then, yeah, sometimes we'll talk about other stuff. <laughs> You know, uh, we watch TV sometimes. We watch uh, TV on our Patreon. Yeah, we do mini series. Uh, yeah. Did a mini series about Kid Rock, <laughs> Shock Jocks. You know, did eight episodes about Shock Jocks in a row. Yeah, twice now. So you know, there's that. Right. People are just they don't like, want you, that. You yeah. don't do nothing. Yeah, dude. that sounds like a whole bunch of nothing. I was worried that Howard Stern was going to say something about Lance because he talks about Jeopardy almost every day. Really? I He's didn't... so old. Is it on every day? Howard Stern? No, Jeopardy. Jeopardy is, is on five days, five a, days week. a week, I think. Yeah. People are putting themselves in Jeopardy. Well, they don't do that, though. But they have to say in a question, so they're like, what if I'm in Jeopardy? Is that how you're supposed to ask to get on the show? I think the name <laughs> Jeopardy is just like... I don't want to be in Jeopardy, man. The friend that just sounds like a place I don't want to be. I, I don't know. know. I know. I do, though. Yeah. I like yeah. Jeopardy. All right, let's go to the next call here. Oh, this one is uh, some uh, a dish of Jenny's ice cream uh, info. What? Hey, thanks for calling Street uh, Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, this is Marisa. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we can hear you. What's up? Yeah, I'm just hanging out with you guys. I've um, I've been wanting to call for forever. I always uh, I always end up chickening out, but I'm I'm excited to talk to you about uh. Jenny's and Miss um, Jenny herself. Uh, Jenny's ice cream, uh, popular with Nancy Pelosi. That's the you know the ten thousand dollars worth of ice cream she had in a fifty thousand dollar fridge. Joe Biden also likes to take a picture of his sunglasses right next to a frosty pint of Jenny's ice cream. Jenny uh, Britton Bauer. 
is her name. Um, people, when I lived in Texas, uh, there were people who would just buy those pints for like $18. Like it wasn't a damn thing at all. They'd get a couple. I'm like, I'm going to be bad tonight and get three, you know? Uh, it's a phenomenon yeah, just, and started right here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, Jenny's is definitely the, the liberal ice cream flavor or ice cream company. Um, and Jenny herself loves Joe Biden. That is a big thing with her. She Her dog is named Joey Biden. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I... I, she loves him. She considers him like a personal friend, which is really funny to me because I know that that he has no idea who she, who she is. Sure. Oh yeah. But yeah, Jenny really markets itself as like a very responsible company. Um, you know, they are our ingredients are are ethically sourced, um, and Jenny loves to say that um, they pay us employees a living wage. Um, you know, when I was hired, uh, even in the training videos, Jenny is on there saying that her and the company are so proud that they pay a living wage. Um, and that living wage is about 8 to $10 an hour. What? Um, plus tips. 8 to 10 plus yeah. tips? Yeah. That's not living wage, actually. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, eight, 8 to 10 plus tips. It's also not, I, I don't think you should be allowed to call tip jars tips. You know what I mean? Because nobody puts real money in a tip jar. You know, by, by the end of the day, when you get tipped out, you get like 12 bucks. 20 oh. if you're lucky. Yeah, that's what I was going to say also. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the thing that really sucks too is like with COVID, um, because we've been doing like a, um, hand-free transaction with the customer. So, like, you know those iPads that they flip over? Um, and when you're done with your transaction, it comes up the little tip page. You, yeah. like, put in the tip you want. And the employee doesn't have to see that. Um, so they don't have to, like, actually see that you have, you know, chosen to, like, not tip or tip, like, 25 cents. Uh, because of how we do things with COVID, um, we have to ask the customer, like, oh, did you want to add a tip on that? Um, so like I keep like this summer especially was horrible because like we literally had like, there are nicer co uh, customers who come in and it's funny cause I feel like, uh, in preparing for this, I've been like compiling my notes and it really kind of reawakens like fire of, of anger and hatred I have at this company. Um, because you know, we've, I've, I've made better tips in the last like, like month or two. Um, but during this summer was just the customer situation was miserable um, because pretty much like the people who were nicer and more, you know, considerate were not going out to buy ice cream. Um, I feel like I saw that and, you know, reasonably so as um, a, a, maybe a non-essential um, COVID activity, um, which meant that... <laughs> So pretty much the worst people were the ones who were coming in um, and every transaction having to ask them um, and like knowing that you had to really perform and like do a little song and dance um, just in hopes that like when you have to ask them to supplement, you know, your income basically, that maybe they'll be a little considerate and um, tip a couple bucks on their um, five, six, seven dollar ice cream, uh, which this summer was was definitely not the case. 
Yeah, that's. And uh, meanwhile, Jenny's. That's a uh, that is. Meanwhile, Jenny's is profiting uh, off of saying that they pay us a living wage because people come in and they think you know this is a responsible company. You know, I put um, the little D Corp sticker on on our hand packed pints um, to make you know so customers know that hey, this is a this is a good company. They've got the B Corp sticker on there. Uh, meanwhile, I'm being paid like eight to ten dollars an hour. Yeah, that's um, that's it's not really comparable to like restaurants either. Where like if someone's spending eighty dollars on a meal and they tip twenty bucks, it's sixteen dollars. You're talking about four dollar ice cream. People aren't very generous with tips on like a a five dollar scoop of ice cream. Right, and you're and splitting it's... it with the whole. Like you said, you get tipped out at the end. And like, oh, there's forty eight bucks in there, and you're like. Oh wait, there's six of us here, so that means that's less than ten dollars a piece. Yeah, I'm sure maybe the tip jar was kind of fuller when it wasn't COVID. Yeah, like there's just people aren't waiting in a lot. People, I, I, I know I walked by Jenny's and didn't see long lines standing out there, and uh, it just does seem like a. It's another one of these businesses like Burgerville that's like. They 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 profit off of like cool packaging and just saying that they do things instead of actually doing them. Like all you have to do is say, you know, we serve organic milk and people will assume you're paying $15 an hour. <laughs> you know, like this is grass fed organic milk. Oh, well, then if they treat the cows that well. They sure should treat the employees that well, and then they don't, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and really, it is like, like you said, you have to do a song and dance for it. So, you know, people at fast food are getting paid $8 an hour, too, and they're not allowed to get tips. So they're just saying that, like, a living wage means we let you work for a little extra money. If you can, we'll let you, we'll let you uh, do a song and dance for the customer to earn yourself a nickel. You Asking know? somebody if they want to leave a tip seems like the worst. Oh, it's so confrontational. One one of my favorite parts about Las Vegas was before you did every transaction, it said how much are you going to tip, and it would wouldn't give you your total until you put that in, and then you got the total next. Every single it was it was some sort of law or some shit, but it was amazing to me because everybody I gave I was like they're watching you, and it's already set up, and you have to tip on everything. There's, yeah. there's no getting out of it. And I agree. There's some, a lot of these systems, there's times that I've tried to order online through some of these new, uh, carry out systems and you can't give people tips or like it resets and the tip gets deleted and it's in, uh, and they're not really doing anything to help facilitate that. And, and if they should be making that as easy as possible for you, if that's what they're going to, if that's the, the least they're going to do. So are the, are the, yeah, that's, is the management cool there at least? Like, are you getting yelled at by them all the time or is it, is it pretty grueling work? No, management is actually really cool. Um, I, I love my coworkers. I work with great people. I think Jenny's hires great people. Um, they just treat us like shit and just very, very disrespectfully. Um, I mean, my managers are gener like genuinely, um, the most reasonable and like nicest like supervisors I've ever had. Like I actually, you know, if something goes on in, in my life and I come in, I'm like, Hey, this is going on. You know, they're, they're very understand, um, very understanding. But, um, another thing with Jenny is like, they, I know they like, they say that they hire internally and like a lot of these managers, you know, are adults like dedicating their lives to this, 
to this ice cream company and, you know, with the hope that, you know, maybe some at some point they get like an even better like desk, like salary position. And that's just not going to happen, which is such a bummer. <laughs> there just aren't that many probably within that company. They do this. They still run it. It's mostly takes place in Columbus, right? Still like the, the, I, the manufacturing and all that. Supposedly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not quite as informed on that side of things. Um, I do know that, that, um, Jenny, Miss, Miss Jennifer Britton Bauer is working from home most of the time. Um, and leading a very hard life, which she loved to, to give great insight to on, on her Instagram stories. Oh, Oh, no, I, I know. Mean, check oh. these out. She, yeah, um, like that Joe Biden town hall when that that uh, person said, my friends are suffering. And he was like, yeah, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Same energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked. I, you guys are hurting so bad out there. So am I. I feel t- I'm, I'm just I'm eating up about all this, you know, I'm sicker than hell about it. They do any COVID like pay or bonuses or hero pay or any of that. Oh God, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would have been. Um, in fact, uh, Jenny on her on her stories this summer. It's funny. Like me, me and my coworkers are are very obsessed with Jenny. Probably, I, I mean, definitely to like an unhealthy level. But <laughs> she really put so much of her life on her Instagram stories. I, I she's very. There, there is a cult following of like Jenny as a person. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I get it. She's very charismatic. Um, she's very interesting. She's definitely one to like. Follow. Keeping up with her stories is is interesting. But this summer, um, you know, while me and my coworkers were getting like screamed at by maskless customers, um, you know, Jenny was on her story talking about how. With, with COVID going on and these are historic times and, you know, the ones who are really hard hit by this, they're, they're the founders, um, the what? founders of, of, of business. What? Um, she said, listen, check on your, check on your founder friends. We are not doing well. <laughs> your founder <laughs> friends. Get out of here. Get out. You, you, Cause you know, she doesn't go in ever. It's like, she just gets on the phone and is like, Hey, uh, she writes a cookbook. She works on a cookbook and it gets on the phone every once in a while and says, is the ice cream getting made? All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah, also huge operation. It's not like your favorite uh, Chinese restaurant down the corner, you know, anymore. It's a huge operation. It is. It is. It, we, we tend to look at it kind of differently, but it's in every state now. Yeah. You can get Jenny's. It's not like a small boutique thing locally. It's not cute because I, I don't really go. Because I like normal ice cream flavors. I'm a big normal ice cream flavor guy. Sure. But I understand why people like it. I did like it for a period of time. Yeah. But I would love to see him make a vanilla ice cream sometime. <laughs> Just really go for it. Make a milkshake, maybe. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd be wild. Can you... Uh, here's what I need. Can you talk to them... Can, can you put a request in for me that they make those oatmeal cream pies again? Because those were fucking incredible, and then they stopped making them. Like the, the ice cream sandwiches? Yes. They were the best things ever yes. made. 
I know what you're talking about. Those were those were the bomb. Um, I would also love it if they brought those back. Um, I don't think they are. Um, I feel like they've really kind of, you know, we don't do like Sundays anymore. Uh, you brought up milkshakes. Uh, I we have customers coming in like every, every single week, like asking for a milkshake. And when I say no, we do not have those. Uh, like that's it. They're out. You know what's funny about that? When I worked at McDonald's, every once in a while, it wasn't every day, but every once in a while, somebody would come to the drive-thru and try to order a hot dog. And I was always like, we've, there's, they've never had hot dogs at McDonald's. Why do you think that McDonald's has a hot dog? Like, people really do like to assume that places have what they want. Like, assuming that Jenny's has a milkshake is a crazy thing to do. Because if, if, if you look, there's no milkshake fucking machine and it's not on the board. But I, I think that, like, it, it is, it's just so weird. There, there was another thing when I was working at McDonald's, they didn't have medium fries, they only had small and super size. And people would go to order a medium fry, and I'd have to be like, we don't have medium fry. And they'd be like, yes, you do. I'm like, look at the menu. It doesn't say medium fry, you know? And I'd be arguing with people about it. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it really is weird that she won't, like, ex expand a milkshakes. And I have to think it just has to be because manufacturing them is a pain in the ass. Like, it would be a pain in the ass. The line would move a lot slower. Although I would have to venture to say that you have the most annoying customers in the world because they ask for a bite of all the ice creams. Oh man. So I, I've only really been working there for pretty much just about a year now. Um, I started like literally just as like COVID was just starting. Um, so I missed all like the sampling and stuff, which it's funny, like, I, to me, it kind of sounds annoying. I mean, I, I still, I haven't had to do it. Um, I will say, and, you know, don't let this get out. Every once in a while, it's like, we're really slow and, like, we have one customer in and they're, like, cute and they want to try something. And then once in a while, I'll say, okay, you know, you want to try the rainbow buttermilk frozen yogurt because I have said how good it is. I will give you a little spoonful, but you got to take it outside. Um, but, like, people say it was really, like, the best part of the job. That Like, it was fun interacting with customers on that level. Um, and it's funny because, like, I just saw that. I got straight to, like, <laughs> just the, the worst the worst people coming in. Um, but it's funny because I, I pick up shifts, you know, from the other locations. And um, I, I, work, I work in a very, like, um, I work at a location in a very liberal suburb of Columbus that I'm sure you guys know. Um, so like, I really, I get a lot of like the quintessential Jenny's customers, mm -hmm. which is funny. Um, Jenny, of course, made, um, a special limited edition flavor for Joe Biden, her best friend, um, white house chocolate chip. And the people we had, we, it was, it was, it was very limited. Uh, we sold out in like, 45 minutes and that whole like following week and two weeks pretty much uh we just had like all of these very like the, the most the most liberal the most liberal folks were coming in like we we want this ice cream and like they were so sad when we didn't have it and like i don't it was weird i don't know what people thought like i think people thought the proceeds were like going to something um <laughs> <laughs> like, like 
they literally were just going to like Jenny's next kitchen renovation. Um, this is not like, you know, going to the ACLU or anything, but yeah. like people were so sad. But if you go to like one of the locations in like, in like Dublin or something, it's so people look at you like you are dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you are, you are an, you are an ice cream wench. Just, just getting them their stuff and, 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 and just just lower than like the dirt between between their toenails. Yeah, I hate Dublin. I do. Dublin. Brent wants to bomb Dublin now. He was telling me yesterday. <laughs> well, because they all the all the great stuff in the city, the most successful shit in the city has now opened a second location out in Dublin. So they've insulated themselves from all of the great stuff from Col- downtown Columbus, so that they just live in like their white supremacist suburbs up there. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Well, I I appreciate you calling. Is there is there anything you wanted to plug? Plung. I said plung. Uh, I I really don't have a whole lot going on uh, in my life, but um, my partner has a YouTube channel uh, called Adventure Archive. Uh, him, his brother, uh, and their cousin. They they uh, their channel's been going on for a while. They have a little bit of a following, but. For, for the amount of work they put in their videos um, and just the quality, I, I feel like they deserve a lot more. They, they go hiking all over, hiking and backpacking. Uh, if you like learning about um, wildflowers and plants and mushrooms, uh, if you want to know about like bushcrafting and stuff, uh, they're a really great YouTube channel. Um, they're, they're all Asian American. So if you're like sick of seeing white people out in the wilderness and maybe want to see some other faces, you know, they, they have a great camaraderie. They're really fun to watch. Uh, they write all their music for, for their episodes. Um, it's a really fun channel. Just like take an edible and like sit back and watch them like talk about nature and stuff. So yeah, please, uh, give them, give them a shot. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, thanks for calling in, giving us the scoop. So to speak, you know, yeah, I mean? thanks, for having me. thanks for the, thanks, Brett. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> you did my job. Give us the the the, the scoop. All right, uh, one more. Then we hit the door for a break. Sure. Uh, we got Maybe a pretty two. full queue here. Maybe yeah, two. We probably have to bust out too. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Sorry, did you want to talk about Jenny's? No. no. Hey, is this she me? Covered everything. Hey, hey, what's up? It's a me. Hey, this is, uh, yeah, it's not me. Um, this is Sean in Philly. I called in like September talking about Zoom school. What's up, Sean? How's it going? You back at school full time uh, now? Like Uncle Joe wants to have No, that was, uh, no, that was what I was going to call in about is twofold things. One was the process by which they told us we were going to go back. And then subsequently, part two is, uh, how that has uh, spiked a uh, push for union at our school. Okay. Okay. So um, how did they tell you? So, so it was uh, the Friday before MLK Day, which so pre-Brian Day, which also happened to be my birthday, which is the 15th. And they emailed us all at 10.15, and said, you have to be on a Zoom meeting at 3 o'clock. So, like, five hours notice. And they said, we've been, vir- we've been virtual literally all year. 
Um, and they were like, uh, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to go back February 1st. You're good. You guys are going to come back February 1st. Fuck, so that, that was so two weeks, ten, uh, two weeks. And it was a three day weekend. Um, so it was like nine business days or something like you will be back in school in nine business days. Full and time? then the kids would be back February. Uh, no, it would have been part time, like two, two or three days a week. Um, see, that doesn't make any, the kid- my, my daughter is in hybrid part time school. Right. And she goes yeah. all five days, but for like two and a half hours, three hours. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That makes perfect sense. I think these schedules where people are going back for fucking two days a week, don't it doesn't even what does that do? What sense does that fucking make? You know? I don't get it. Yeah. I know no, you don't want to go back at all. I'm just saying that like first of all, no, I, no, think, no, yeah. I think no, I think high school no, I guess. Yeah, I think high school kids shouldn't be back. I I think and I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, but I think there is something to be said for maybe bringing K through eight back and putting some of them in the high school and spreading them a lot thinner so that there's less people in the classes and then leaving the high school kids at online because the high school kids can stay home without their parents. And I think that is kind of a solution to to please almost everybody. And I also just think, just wait till April, you know, don't just go back in April when you can open the fucking windows, you know, or do some stuff outside. Yeah. Those that that is yeah. a that is a way that I could see going back to school during this pandemic and not. I think the teachers would probably be happier with that. And I think the <laughs> students and the parents would probably be happier with that. And like the ways they've chosen to do it have been ways which make nobody happy <laughs> yeah no, but literally no one the worst of the worst of every possible world yeah together. and it's did they give grimmer you... every time they have to do something what? their response is grimmer and grimmer every time you're like oh no we're sliding into this well so i was telling you guys that my cousin or my niece got covid and uh she called the school on the day after she tested for covid and said i'm covid positive and they said, we'll see you in 10 days. So I had to isolate from Brett because I didn't want to bring COVID into Brett's house. So I did a little bit of fucking research. And COVID didn't, I didn't come in contact with it. My daughter didn't have it. We got her tested. Everybody was fine. But we still said, like, let's wait 10 days and see what happens. And then we'll get back into the same room. So... When the 10 days was up, I said, I'm going to go ahead and, and read what the CDC guidelines are on something like this, right? And uh, it said 10 days after the last symptoms. And her school is just 10 days after yeah. you test. You know, you can come back to school. So they're literally making people come back to school with COVID. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they give you your yeah. date that you yeah. have to be back. Yeah. It's yeah. the thing. They don't just say come back when you're yeah. better. They say, okay, we'll see you in 10 days and they give you your date. Yeah. And so like related to that, basically our school had no solid plan to come back. There was no like contact tracer. There was no like where are the kids gonna eat? 
there was no like where are you going to be on your break like there was basically nothing and mm-hmm. we wrote them a letter we were like hey you, you can't do this this is this sucks and we had the worst zoom meeting of all time and actually the best from my perspective because like i had been losing sleep over this and like 50 of my colleagues just dunked on our leadership team <laughs> to just be like, no, this is an awful plan. You have no plan. There is no plan here. Like you guys are just making stuff up because you want kids back in your shiny new building. Um, and also they didn't, they, they had promised us like, Oh, we'll talk with you about safety. Like when we're starting to go back and think about going back, like we'll get the teachers involved. Absolutely. And our leadership team was, had no teachers on and they were just like, yeah, we're just going to go back. Yeah, because they can make you go back. That's the fucking thing is that like they can make you go back. So it doesn't necessarily matter to them what you think is safe. And I think they also have in their minds and I can't speak for them, but they have in their minds. Well, you know, we're going to move the teachers up in the vaccine line so they can go get the vaccine and then the teachers will stop complaining you know what I mean? Because they'll have the vaccine. Oh, and it's like, have you considered, like, parents worried about catching it? Because the truth is, you can still transmit it when you get the vaccine. You can still get it when you right. get the vaccine. You just don't get deathly ill. You you might not even get sick. You probably have an asymptomatic case. And if, if say, you got COVID after you got the vaccine and then gave it to one of your students. And the student was also asymptomatic because kids tend to have lighter cases of it and are asymptomatic. Then they could bring that home right. to whoever they yeah. live with. Yeah. And that what, which is, could not just be parents, but could be multi-generational too. Like it could be a grandparent or an older uh, aunt or uncle too. Like, right. And yeah, you're, you're putting bunches of people every. And nobody talks about that. I just saw like the second tweet that I've seen about this at all. Like Joe Biden is just like, we got to get you back. And he's not mentioning any of this stuff. And I know he did that town hall and he told some kid, don't worry, you're not going to get COVID. Kids don't get COVID. And it's like, yeah, that's what they think. Um, yeah, I, but also, I mean, there is there is digital options. I think that we are kind of in a situation where parents are forced to go to work and uh, they do they don't have anything to do. They can't do anything with their kids anymore. But full digital is is set, certainly more available now these days. Um, but I can understand teachers and it's more more like yeah, and it's more like now it's more of an option. Yeah, for folks because of this. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm um, I'm more of yeah. the um I'm more of the hand out enough money to shut down ninety percent of the economy for like the next two months, and then come back in April when I mean I don't know they've just ignored any science they're just so rushed to make to look good and they don't have a plan that's based in like you know let let's sh- let's shut things down let's flatten this fucking curve right now let's vaccinate teachers and let's go back in the spring when we can open windows and shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know right. anything though. Yeah, I, no, I do podcasts. I'm right there with you, but that'll Yeah. So what ended up happening um, after the meeting? So, so they pushed it back. So we're we're the kids aren't starting until March 8th okay. now. Um 
So a good amount of like people are starting to get vaccines. Obviously it's not perfect, uh, as you know. Um, but at least we're not in front. Like I have to go in tomorrow and to do like, to just like get into a routine of coming in on Mondays and whatever else. Um, and I'm not, there's no kids there. I'm just in front of my laptop at school instead of in my room. Uh Um, so it's better. Um, but it's also kind of like why I could still just be doing this in my room, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the big thing I, I want to plug here at the end is if anyone has, um, if any street fight listeners have any, um, experience in organizing private schools, um, like we are just a one school faculty. So it's a little harder for us to organize, but it's also easier because like, we don't have that many uh, uh, things to balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this, like I had been looking to organize our school last year. And one of the last normal things I did pre lockdown was meet with um, a, a union rep who could help us. Um, and then four days later, the lockdown started and we were like, uh, and it was me at home with an infant son being like, I don't have time to do this right now. But once administration pissed everyone off enough, I got to talk to more people and be like, Hey, is this union? Is that, is that good? Would you like that? Can we do that? Um, but I've never done it. I have no experience in organizing. I'm just like, I think earlier, uh, the caller saying like, Oh, just talk about work. Yeah, that's working. Um, but at some point we need to yeah. turn up the, uh, not professionalism, but just the, the experience on it. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, where can they so, contact so, you? I, so I'll just plug my, yep. Um, my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. Um, it's Sean, S-E-A-N, uh, P is in Patrick, last name. So Sean P, last name on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Brett, I sent you the Touching Fish article as well. Oh, yes. I heard you. Pl- uh, We're going to be talking that. about that probably this week. I'm excited about that. That was that was cool to see and be like, yeah, that sounds pretty street tight. Touching fish. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to learn a little bit. And uh, thanks for calling. Good luck with going back to school. I know it's stressful. No, yeah, I appreciate it. And shout out solidarity to all the street fight teachers and grad students and everyone involved in education listening so yeah. thanks guys i appreciate it all right you're welcome a lot of teachers today yeah a lot of teachers a lot of teacher stuff who's next yeah i mean i i appreciate i mean i don't i don't think that i think that we shouldn't be putting people at risk but uh you know i do appreciate the the concerns of people's kids that are like really fucking getting fucked up because they're around other kids you know and hate being home all day um mm-hmm. But then there's also this dumbass thing where it's like it just comes off so racist. It's like the Joe Biden thing where he was saying black people don't know how to use the Internet. That's why they can't get health care. You know, it comes off the same way where they're like these black and brown students have to be at school. Their home lives are horrible. It comes off as this racist thing like like that. They just live in the worst conditions imaginable. Uh, it's it just fucking bugs the shit out of me to see these people talk about it. Like, talk about them like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the people in the PTA groups and shit, the mom, the concerned moms that are going in. That's what they're they're leveraging. It's annoying to me. Yeah. They make it hard to argue with them because you're like, 
Well, they're just going to call me racist in the end. <laughs> yeah. <so it's> <laughs> right. You know, yep. might as well not. Um, <laughs> thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Jonathan. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? Hey, so um, I called in a, a couple months ago, actually, about my uh, ice cream horror story working at the ice cream shop. So solidarity to that uh, previous caller there works for Jenny's. Yeah. I feel her pain. But yeah. um, that's anyway, I just wanted to uh, call tonight. Um, I, uh, I was inspired by Brian Day to, uh, to take actually a whole week off for my birthday. Which is coming up uh, this, that's this young week. shit, young people I shit. I should have done that. I should have done it, but I didn't. I chickened out. I did take. Nope, didn't take any days off for my birthday. Yeah, before I had a kid and yeah. a mortgage, me and my wife would spend like the whole week. Like we, I'd go abduct her from work and take her immediately to a park, and we'd get ice cream, or we'd go see a movies. Like yeah. we would really milk a whole week's worth of activities out of it. Right, right. Of course, I'm not young. I'm going to be 41. All so. right, <laughs> and, and even I've got better. a couple kids and stuff, but. I'm with you. Yeah, though. but I, the thing is, is because I don't, I don't go anywhere. So you know, I work from home and everything. So I figured, um, you know, birthdays. I usually try to take my birthday off, but it's on a Wednesday. So I figured, what the hell? I'll take the whole week off. That's awesome. Never I'm a reason to it. take a but, Wednesday um, off. Never, never just a reason to just oh, take exactly. a Wednesday off. That's pointless. Nobody does that. Nobody. I remember they yeah. used to be like, hey. You got to use up your days by the end of the year. You'll lose them. And then you would look at the calendar and all that was open is Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I'd just be spending the whole day just thinking about how to go back to work the next day and it'd be kind of ruined for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, um, what I wanted to call in tonight, um, I've been actually wanting to call in about this for a while is I have a pretty good boss story that I think you guys are going to like. Okay. Okay. From okay. Um, so this was a few years ago. This could have been like six. This all happened six years ago. Um, I was working at the time. I was working in office. Um, I was working for a mar uh, basically the marketing division of a, a manufacturing company. Okay. And. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty small um, department. There were maybe like 10 of us in there. And um, so you're like, I was, uh, I was uh, like, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh go ahead. No, I was going to say like, so oh, no, marketing, no, marketing, ahead. like business, business to business or like uh, business to consumer. Uh, mostly business to business. Okay. And so I was like the guys doing the online stuff, like, um, uh, you know, email newsletters, uh, you know, updating the website, yeah. just doing stuff like that. It was really, and the thing is like, um, it was pretty easy job, but anyway, um, I, the guy who hired me, so he, uh, he was the guy who hired me and they created the position. So I was the first person to do it. He, uh, um, was, I mean, he's pretty terrible guy to work for. He was, uh, very uh it was a very like uh dude culture so he definitely did not respect women very much mm -hmm. um you know 
racist, homophobic. I mean, you name it. This guy was just like real shitty. And he, um, and, uh, he kind of like, so uh, one thing I noticed as, as time went on is like women, all the women I was working with were leaving. Um, I think it was because of him. There were ones that had been there for a while and he was, you know, I think he kind of got to the point where he realized I wasn't in on his, his kind of like, uh, you know, I wasn't part of like the dudes club. So he didn't really like me. And, uh, he, uh, he would take me like, so basically he just kind of started like taking me aside and, uh, like accusing me of just kind of like screwing around and not working really well, working very hard and being like, you know, I got your, my eye on you, even though I was doing my job, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he did that to other people too. So there were some other women who joined. Um, he, he kind of pulled the same thing with them and, and he was, uh, you know, basically kind of singling people out, bullying people, pitting people against each other, just a real shitty guy. And it was, it was weird. He was like the kind of boss that was kind of, instead of wanting to have employees that, um, like, you know, had, realizing that like you know hey having good employees makes you look good he was like afraid his people would kind of like outshine him you know which mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense because to me it's like if you have good people working for you then that just like reflects well on you as a boss you know yeah 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 um yeah so so anyway um you know i'll just kind of jump ahead so what happened was we were having uh, we, we were kind of having problems. So a few of us had gone to HR and, it, and we were kind of escalating things. And and that was the kind of thing where they started. This company was very, uh, very good to their managers, like very, you know, very like took took the side of their managers on things. So, you know, the HR started doing things like, oh, we're going to we're going to coach this guy. So instead of like disciplining or anything, they sent him to coaching. Ugh. And then we all had to go to these like coaching, almost like group therapy sessions together as a uh, as a as a group. And uh, you can yeah. imagine what that was like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Nobody gets I paid mean, enough to was, do that at was, your office. Maybe if you're making six figures, yeah, I could, I would do that at my job, but you don't get that much of me. Yeah. I would have to be making. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, did you have, what kind of stuff do they talk about in group therapy at, uh, uh, well, you work? know, this is, this is, it was, it was kind of like, well, you know, this is what you guys need to do to just kind of get along with each other. Everybody's got like different styles and everything. And it was mainly like, well, no, this guy's just a stupid asshole who's incompetent and, you know, incapable of being a good manager. You know, I mean, this guy sucks, but they were just didn't want to do, they didn't want to address that. It was more like, oh, let's just all get along, try to get along and be friends. It was really weird. And, and so, Things got a little better for a while, but, um, but, uh, kind of, you know, went back to being kind of shitty. So it did, needless to say, it didn't work. Um, so yeah, so kind of what happened a little while after that. So he, uh, one of the things that we would do is we would go to trade shows and everything. And, and so he had, uh, he had actually traveled to Las Vegas for a trade show. And so he was out of the office. Um, so he one night, um, I'm on my phone. By the way, he probably went nuts oh, yeah. in Vegas. I mean, Vegas is dude culture. To the, I mean, there is nothing more dude culture than that city, I don't think. 
Yes. Well, we're he he definitely we're we're getting there. He um he yeah it was so it was the kind of place he liked. So anyway, um, it's like late one night, probably eleven p.m. I'm just hanging out, you know, hanging out drinking a beer, and I get a uh, I hear my phone go ding. I get a a uh, a text, and I see it's from my boss. I pick it up. I look at my phone. It's a dick pic. What? From your boss? He sent you a dick pic? From my boss, yes. Accidentally? Yes. Was it an accident or was it just like, fuck this guy, man. Here's my dick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that that is a, that is a, I mean, because like, I can guarantee you if I was on the trajectory that I was on before I sort of radicalized, I would have sent somebody a picture of like my asshole to be like, you know, <laughs> grab ass him with my buds. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, but, you know, but, but your dick the is a wild thing. relationship's a little different, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, I've had bosses that goof off with me, for sure. But, and like bosses yeah. that totally cross lines. I, I don't think I've ever told the story. But my supervisor at the cable company found out that I was podcasting. But it was like podcasting for nobody, right? This was a Uh podcast before me and Brett even met. He finds out I'm podcasting. He says, what kind of show are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I do a comedy show. I like to do comedy. I've thought about doing stand-up in my life. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I got to. You know, he got really excited thinking about me doing stand-up comedy, like that he would like know a stand-up comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a mm-hmm. weird thing that because mm-hmm. I was the same way when I met a stand-up comedian the first time, and I was like, oh my god, I like I know one. You yeah. know that that does it right. So like he got really excited and he walked outside with me one. This motherfucker talked to me maybe twice a week, and it was to yell at me. Uh-huh. About shit. He walks yeah. outside, he puts his arm around me, and he tells me a racist joke. Not like, not Uh-oh. like, not like, like sly racism, like just straight yeah. up a racist joke. And I was just like, he's my boss. And you know what I did? I just went, oh, yeah. And walked away because I didn't know yeah. what the fuck, what do you even fucking do? You know, oh, I'm going to go to HR and say, Matt put his arm around me and told me a racist joke. Like, what are they going to do? Then they're going to go get Matt and Matt's going to be like, I can't believe Brian snitched on me for I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're talking about like 2005, 2006. You know what I mean? So it was like those things were a little more acceptable back then. Elbow room. Yeah, there was elbow room. Right. That's exactly it. You were like allowed to tell a racist joke and then just be like, but I'm not like really racist. Like people would just assume you weren't racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh sorry, I, I, I didn't say, mean, Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I didn't Oh mean, no, no, that's, that's I didn't mean to cut you good, off. It just no. is like I could see I what I'm saying is like I could see a boss sending you a picture of his dick thinking it was like a funny joke to send one of his employees a picture of his dick and like not really considering that like 
it might be offensive. Like just not even thinking about it, you know? Right. I had a dude, I I got a guy hired at the call center I worked at and he was fucking looking at porno at work, (laughs) at work, at a desk. It wasn't like they had monitoring software. Yeah. They had monitoring software. We didn't have a, we didn't have cubicles. You like weren't alone and right next to you. And he got fired for watching porno at his desk. They fucking told me because they were like, I can't believe you got this guy hired and he's watching porn at his desk. He was a tech support worker too. Like should have known you can't do that. Like they can catch you. So I mean, people just, people have a really weird idea of how they can act when they have some feeling of camaraderie at the workplace. And it sounds like this guy felt like he had some kind of well, feeling of camaraderie with people because they would joke around about dude bro stuff, you know? Well, no, but you see, by this point, though, he knew I wasn't like that. Okay. He, he, that's why he would kind of like, uh, kind of try to almost like bully me for it because I wasn't one of like the, one of the bros who he could do that for. And he had known that I had already gone to HR about him. Like, the whole like coaching thing was basically initiated by a couple of visits I had to make to HR. So he definitely did not intentionally uh, send this to me. So anyway, what happened was I got it and I'm like, at first I felt kind of freaked out. I'm like, Oh shit, what the fuck? You know, like this is weird. And then I, I like, I walked away and I went back to my phone and on my, on the phone, I'll never forget it. There was a text. The text said, recall, rescind. Like, he tried to recall the rescind. text. Rescind. I rescind this text. <laughs> I rescind this. This does not count. <laughs> I meant. Strike, it, yeah, from, I could, strike yeah. it from the record. I just, this picture, like, yeah, yeah. I could just picture him, like, they're yelling, Siri, recall, rescind. You know, like, like realizing what he'd done. Because what I think was he had mentioned he had meant to send a dick pic, but it was like to the contact next to me in his yes. contact. Right? Oh, absolutely. That's He was so that's trying to send happened. it to maybe even somebody that asked for it, but it got to you. Yeah. Just imagine if right. Exactly. Just imagine the sense of power you would feel when you received it. If oh, you just yeah. responded and said, what's this? Like, just how much power. Oh, and that- you know? Because what well, would go through his I mind? Know. What would go through this guy's mind if you just said, "What? what is this? He would be like, oh, my God, he's pissed. He's mad at me. He's going to go to HR. You know what I mean? Like, he, he well, if you made him explain it, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I didn't do that. I was just like, then I just thought, I'm like, well, this is my golden ticket. So the next thing I did, I don't remember what day, like when he was com- like how many days it was. And I know he didn't come back to the office for a couple more days after this. But what I did was I, I called, a, I just talked to a guy I know who's a lawyer and just said, Hey, so what's this, what's this, you know, this is what happened. What do you think I should do? And I forget exactly what he said to me, but I, I called HR the next day. I got in touch with them first thing in the morning. I'm like, uh, yeah, this happened. And, um, uh, I think we need to talk about this. And then they said, uh, oh, okay. Um, you know, or no, th- th- they said, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. Send us the, send us the picture. And I said, oh, okay, well, how do you want me to do that? <laughs> That's I feel a setup. Weird just sending you a, a picture. 
That's I a mean, setup for I mean, now. They're just trying to look at the guy's hog now. That's all they want. They're like, I mean, that's what I would say see. too. I would be like, yeah, no way. Let me see it. Send me the picture. I need to know how big yeah. his hog is, just because I work so closely <laughs> with him. Yeah. I need to know. You know, yeah. if there's a way that I can know a guy's hog size in my office, then of course I want to. Yeah. We have 90% of the map unlocked for most people, but that 10% area is who knows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a crapshoot. We know what an ass looks like. Yeah. We know what his chest and his legs look like. We have no idea. He wears slacks. You can't see the outline. Yeah. I have been looking and haven't been able to figure out a size. You know, this had to be his maximum size, you know? Really, yeah. really getting so in, I, uh, just getting in detail with the HR person. More, it's decent. I yeah. gotta tell you, you wouldn't <laughs> Did believe you it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. It's not too bad. I, I don't like the guy personally, but <laughs> he's packing. Sorry, he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. So actually, and I forgot about it, in between. So there was some time in between them. What I had done before I went to HR is I actually had like emailed his coach and being like his coach he was like who was trying to coach on being a better boss being like uh yeah this guy sent me a a dick pic what should i do and i think she said go to hr so anyway when he was back in the office it was that morning i had gotten in touch with them i had sent them the picture of his the dick pic that he had sent me i'd sent it to them through the the work email which like i said was really weird and then i scheduled the they wanted to talk to me later that day so i uh I met with them and the first thing I go in and I go and I talk to the HR manager and I said, and she's like, okay, what happened? I said, well, blah, blah, blah. I told her the story and I said, and I've spoken with a lawyer, you know, and she's Smart. like, okay. And, and you know, that was, and the, again, I wasn't like, I didn't have a lawyer. It was a guy I knew who was a lawyer. Right. And that, those were the magic words. Oh yeah. So those are big um, words. Yeah. So I, I remember, I want to say this was like shortly before lunch. Um, and later on, I think he, he had gotten back from lunch and then he kind of just disappeared. And I was, I was in like a conference room. I figured, Oh, there must be talking to him. And I was, I was in a conference room and the last thing I saw was him just being like let out by his manager and the HR, his boss and the HR manager, him like walking out to his truck, you know, I don't actually, I don't remember if they were with him, but him just kind of doing a walk of shame out to his truck is the last time. And then his manager came in and just said, yeah, we had to let him go, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can't keep, I have to say, yeah, that was a pretty good feeling. Yeah, I, I can imagine if the guy's a dick to you, you know, <laughs> and, and literally you. sent you his dick, I would have probably had to. I mean, if it happened to this version of me, I would have probably been like, hey, you know, that you sent me your dick. You know what I mean? Like, go to the guy and be like, yeah. you, just, you sent me your dick. Can we just be like, can you be normal to me from now on? You know? Like as a way, but I like going to HR is also like, I mean, you got to, you got to. Yeah. I mean, I I had the card and I had to play it. I had the card and I had to play it. That's the way I look at it. You know, he was making my life hell and they weren't going to get rid of him any other way. True. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I had to play it at this age, I would say I have evidence that will make you lose your job. If you want to keep your life intact, you will pay me $100 per paycheck for the continuation. This motherfucker (laughs) took your employment for blackmail. You probably would do that, too. Just real freak. freak. Yeah. I don't think this version of Brett would, but the version of Brett before Street Fight would have definitely been like, you pay me $100 every paycheck, and I won't let anybody know about you. <laughs> I'm just like a yeah. big, like, I, I, I probably, it depends. You're right, because if the boss that was my boss when I quit at the cable company or the camera store... If he had done that to me, I might have just gotten him fired because he is a prick, yeah. you know, and he pissed yeah. me off. Yeah. But if if it yeah. if it was a boss that I had like a semi decent relationship yeah. with, I would have just Oh, totally. I mean, no, that's a life lesson. I mean, if no. you if you treat people with that's kindness exactly, and respect, yeah. if you accidentally dick pick them, they're going to get forgive you far quick more quickly, you know? Seriously, that's what I that's the th- that's exactly and I told people that afterwards. I remember being like, you know, it was the kind of thing like like I think if my boss did, you know, that my current boss that I get along with well, if they did that to me, I'd be like, Ooh, oh, hey, sorry, that's embarrassing. I probably wouldn't even say anything. I would just assume oh. that I would not make a big deal of it. I you would know? still respond I mean, with what's it, this? I, what's this would be yeah, so devastating to see after you sent a text you weren't supposed to yeah. say. I've talked about this story exactly. On- I've talked about this story on Shocktober before, but when Opie and Anthony were still on the air, there was this instance where Anthony was sending a text to Jim Norton that said, Mm -hmm. the cunt won't even look at me. And it was about Opie, right? And then after he hit send... He looked at his phone and he had sent it to Opie. Oh no. And then on the air, uh, they didn't fight on the air, but Opie said, Oh, what the hell? You can like listen to him getting the text and then being like, What the hell is oh, this? Man. And then Anthony said, At the end of the show, he tried to say, like, No, I meant to say that was about Jim. I was telling you yeah. that about Jim Norton. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I was talking behind somebody else's back. Yeah, yeah. No, we're good. We're good pals. I was <laughs> yeah. trying to talk trash like we always do. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked to each other yeah. for nine years, but you know. But that story always like it's it, it, that story was the story I heard, and this story is another good lesson. Is just like, hey, look at who you're sending the text to. Because you do not want to send the wrong text to the wrong. It's even just embarrassing when you send the wrong text. Like, hey, I love you, sweetie, to if I send that to you. Yeah. You know, that's even embarrassing. But I mean, that guy, he could have been, he was probably drunk as a fucking skunk, man. He, yeah. I, I think he was, I mean, that's the thing. I think he was, he was drunk. And, and I had actually asked some people who had been around him that night. They just said, like, he looked like he had seen a ghost or something. You yeah. tell, he was very shook. Like, he knew yeah. it was, like, over when it's he over. did that. Yeah. Like, he they, Yeah. And it was, it was the thing is, too, is, like, one of the guys that I worked with who was in the department, they were really friendly. And he was kind of a dick to me, being like, oh, man, you, you like, ruined this guy's life, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck that. You know, this guy did it to himself. Because, again, it goes back to the whole thing, like, you know, if, you know, if you're, if you're not a dick, people will cut you some slack. And yeah. then, and, and, you know, just looking back on it, I think the funniest thing was I always thought like, wow, if this guy was going to get fired, it was going to be 
for like sexually harassing one of the women we work that with. Is... Not not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you ruined that, the guy's that's life. That's kind of the irony. I also don't think you like ruined the guy's life. Just getting fired does not ruin your life. People often think that getting fired will ruin your life. But I mean, it sucks. But I've been fired several times and I'm still ticking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, listening to it. And uh, you guys are awesome. I look forward to listening every week. So keep it up. Oh, thank thanks. You. We appreciate Have a good it. Night. Yeah. Break time. All right, take care. Time to take a break. Uh, that went on. I got to use the restroom. I got to get some new drinks. I got to get one of several different drinks. Uh, this week in Street Fight Music, uh, if you have a band that you're in and you want us to play your music on the show, you can send an email to streetfightradio at gmail.com or you can message us on any of the, the uh, social media platforms besides Twitch and YouTube. I don't check those messages ever. Um, also, the contact page on the website is a little dicey, but I'm trying to clean it up. Uh, so streetfightradio@gmail.com is the best place. This week we have the glorious shocking. You can find what they do at the gloriousshocking.bandcamp.com. Says greeting. My name is Mitch Jones, and I'd like to submit some music for you to play on your call-in shows. My project is called The Glorious Shocking. It's experimental psychedelic folk. I'd suggest the first song from my last album entitled Mitch's Witches. Well, we'll, we'll you'll get what we play. <laughs> if you need something a little shorter. All right. Uh, I'm a historian of American socialism. So many nerd birds. So many, so many uh, college people on here. It's smart people listening to dumbasses. Uh, I'm a historian of American socialism, and I recently joined the Midwest Marx website as a writer. I also have an upcoming article in the Columnal Societal's Journal on the Scaniatales community. A utopian project that lasted from 1844 to 46 in Western New York. It's a short version of my thesis. All right. Which you can read at Digital Commons. So I'll share those links elsewhere. Uh, thanks for sending that in and, and, and doing cool stuff. You're leading a way more interesting existence than I am. Uh, we'll be back in like five to ten minutes with Street Fight. And in the wood, on the night of the full moon. Marie Caliente carried out her ritual, hoping that in this experiment, never before tried by the cannabis, some psychic manifestations might appear.
answer the higher calling, calling me that night. Diana, I'm the rounded moon, the queen of all enchantments here. The wind is flying through the trees, and we invoke thee to appear. Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are doing the call-in show. We've got enough people in the queue to, to round out the night. We take calls every single Sunday from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. You can uh, find the replays if you want to watch along. That's on YouTube or Twitch. Um, or you can listen to it as a podcast, as most people do. And if you want to support the show and get more content, even more episodes and videos that we do head to patreon.com slash street fight radio uh, you can also buy our premium audio series at store.streetfightradio.com uh, we just put buttfest 2000 in the store so that's available for five dollars you can listen to the whole series without signing up for patreon if, if that's a better situation but we appreciate all y'all that that put the mo- put the money down for that monthly subscription it keeps this whole thing going it means a lot uh you ready to take more calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to answer the call. I have to get my waters. I left them over there. Uh, but I'm going to answer this call, and then I'll be back. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hello. Hey, hello. Who's this? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? Who's this? Uh, this is Will. What's up, Will? What's going on tonight? Oh, uh, not much. I just had a shitty cop story I wanted to tell. Let's hear it. What happened? I don't like... Uh, shitty cop stories uh, are scary. Uh, no, this is just kind of a funny one. Okay. Uh, so I'm in Houston right now, and today I went to a mutual aid thing organized by the Houston DSA and some other people. Okay. And at one point, one of our local elected officials showed up, and he brought a bunch of cops with him, uh, like seven or eight cops. And the cops stuck around for four hours and didn't help at all. 
Okay. So, like, what were you guys doing exactly? Oh, so yeah, we were passing out like food and water and stuff to uh, to people who still don't have like lights or heat and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's fucking awful. And the cop is yeah, just standing there staring at you. Yeah, like five or six cops for for about four hours, just kind of hung out, playing on their phones, watching everybody like load just like a thousand gallons of water into people's cars we had just like tables and tables of canned goods and stuff we're passing it out and yeah they didn't lift a finger for four hours they probably didn't want people to think they were socialists they got like nervous (laughs) no they're gonna think we're with the dsa no way yeah just just some dudes hanging out having a good time oh i hate the police so much yeah yeah i i imagine they're not going to be helpful in the situation you're in down in uh, Houston. Uh, I hope you're okay. Is everything, uh, I mean, are, are, do you have power and everything? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I got really lucky this time, and we kept power most of the time. We only lost it for about an hour at one point. So very lucky on How, my end. How's your electric yeah, bill? There are still a- We're seeing those very high electric bills, too. Uh yeah, luckily we weren't on one of those like non like ours. Ours is just a fixed rate. Those are like these weird plans where you're like uh, tied to the market market rate for the day or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Don't know anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems yeah. like a bad idea yeah, from what I've it's seen. Weird. Yeah, because I'm seeing yeah, I like uh, right before I got here, I got a story. I got a push notification from the New York Times that said. Uh, People are getting seventeen thousand dollar electric bills, and I'm like, I don't even know how you begin to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're probably they're just going to have to cancel them, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But they won't. Yeah, I mean, I think that what they'll probably do is the federal government will come in and pl- pay a certain amount of them and get them down to like your normal monthly bill. You know, it's probably the thing. Yeah. So the power company still yeah. wins in the end. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll get paid. Yeah, they're they're still going to get paid. But uh, I I would hope because I was reading a story about a guy like cashing in his four hundred one k to pay his electric bill, and I'm like, I would hold off on all that. I would I would just wait yeah. and see what happens because they can't expect yeah, a regular person to have seventeen thousand dollars to pay an electric bill. There's just no way, you know. Yeah. And, but you're okay. Everything's uh, is, is everything's good in Houston. Is the weather better? Is it warm? Oh yeah, it was seventy degrees today. It was bizarre. Everybody was in shorts. So that sounds so good. Sounds so good. Although <laughs> I, I keep seeing people like, "Hey, it's sixty-five degrees now. Still freezing, but it's uh, yeah. it's better." But I, yeah, I, yeah, I really a lot of apartments that still don't have water. Yeah, they're, they're like main line burst, and so it's going to take like big repairs before just like entire apartment complexes full of people have running water again. Yeah, I mean, I like really, I really felt bad for I really felt for the people in Texas because people from other parts of the country were total pricks about it. You know, whether it's it's a red state and they deserve it or it's like, oh, it's 18 degrees here, too. And it's like they can't deal with it, though. It's different. It, we can't deal yeah. with their summer. 
Okay? Like, it's just, it's impossible for me to deal with a Texas summer the same way. It, it got to be tough when it's 18 degrees for people who grew up in Texas who, fuck, dude, I never left uh, Columbus very much until I got in my late 30s. And uh, uh, I got to assume there's a lot of people in Texas who have never left and are just used to oh, it always fact. being at least like 60, 50 or 60, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, like most people here don't know how to layer. You know, they don't have like a heavy winter coat, just like windbreakers and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I, so I was when actually, the power was out for like 36 hours, people were really screwed. I was like, there aren't a lot of people in Texas that have like leggings, like base layer there. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we're exactly very yeah. prepared for this because we know it's going to happen. They didn't know it was going to happen. They didn't have time to go prepare for. And why would you fucking prepare? It's like Brett's snow pants, right? It's like, if I live in Texas, why would I go buy a winter coat? Like, what would even be exactly, the reason yeah. for that? You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm glad everything's better. And of course, as always, fuck the police. And, uh, yeah, is there no anything help. we can, we can send our listeners toward for mutual aid or anything? Uh, yeah, there's a Twitter account. It's mutual aid H O U. And they're also on Venmo and cash app. All right, cool. cool. And, and Hey, good job volunteering to help out. That, that's really cool of you. And, and thanks for calling in. All right, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, have a good night. Yeah. Yeah, I felt for the Texas people. All I kept thinking about is you, Brett, who you moved there, and you're like, it's always warm here. It's fantastic. And then you having to deal with that. Yeah. (laughs) It did snow when I was there, like, a quarter of an inch for, like, three hours. Yes. One time. Yeah, people were probably outside, like, wow. Yeah. I was just thinking about people who have never left, that have never, like, actually stood in the snow. You know, and it snowed several inches for them. I, I saw a guy build a fucking igloo in his front yard. That it takes a lot of snow to do that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Next call. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, what's up? Hey, what's up? Who's this? This is Luke. I'm in New England. What's up, Luke? How's it going? It's always cold there. So, you know. I still well, feel for you, though. Yeah, we're we're used to it. I mean, we occasionally have to go to a vacant parking lot and do some donuts and figure out how to spin out again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's going on? Well, I'm calling you about a uh, a small business tyrant that I've worked for for 15 years. What kind of work? Longer. What kind of work? It's, uh, tile work. Tile work. Okay. And, uh, uh, so. Yeah, so- I'm doing like, uh, sorry, I'm like doing bathrooms, uh, remodels. It's sort of a dude who's like a jack of all trades guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Knows how to build. Yeah. So basically I've worked with them for a long time and it's the sort of situation where there's like, uh, there's no lunches, there's no schedule. Uh, if I ask for any information on the rest of the week, it's like, do you need some time off? 
sort of thing. Okay. Um, there's no breaks. There's no benefits. It's under the table. And I have a question for you guys. Is this better for him or for me? <laughs> I don't know. Is it a lot of money under the table? Um, this is one of the one things where I really can't bitch. I really make fairly good money. Well, I mean, enough to put up with all of that. I mean, I don't, I couldn't imagine Brian doing more than two days of that. Maybe just one. What? Just, just, uh, you work, you don't, you don't get a break. You don't get a lunch. You, you know, just figure it out and don't ask about tomorrow. They're like, oh, don't ask about tomorrow. I would have panic attack every day. Every single day of my life would be a panic attack, which it is kind of now. But I would definitely have a freak out. I mean, I guess like it depends on the lifestyle you live, right? Where it's like uh, if you're saving money, which you're listening to Street Fight. So it's a crapshoot on whether you're saving money at all. I mean, who knows? But if you're saving money and you can handle taking the day off, like having some time between jobs, that might be good. But it is kind of a disadvantage in that, like, you can't file for unemployment if you're working under the table. So if the day comes where the guy's like, hey, I can't pay you, uh, that's kind of that puts you in a really tough position. But it also sounds like you're doing work that is useful, that you might be able to get something that isn't paying under the table, you know, something a little more stable because you have a skill. Well, you've certainly brought up a couple of things that I feel like I should mention. Um, Like I said, I've been working with this gentleman for 15 to potentially... 17, maybe even 20 years. There was a couple of years where I didn't work with him, but I've been working with him since 05. Okay. So basically I've been working with this guy and I've sort of started to yell and scream in a sense about my rights. And I'm apparently useful enough to where I've sort of unionized for myself. I only work <laughs> with one guy. So it's, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. But I started to sort of understand my value and call him out on things. And I have really managed to change my work environment for myself, which, I mean, I understand it's a privileged position to be in, but I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's great to have made a change for myself, but it's still a stress every day when I go in. One of the reasons that I brought all, all of this up, though, is that he is like the perfect nexus point of street fight and a small business tyrant in that I go into work every day and I listen to Fox News and then he puts on fucking Disturbed and Teether and fucking, um, you know, just any butt rock you could think of, Theory <laughs> of a Dead Man. You're working I with mean, the total badass. hilarious. And I'm... And I'm, I'm like, I'm painting trim listening to you guys talk about your shit while Theory of a Dead Man is playing in the background. And I'm just like <laughs> chuckling to myself. This is fucking hilarious. The, I got to tell you, though, Theory of a Dead Man is the worst band I've ever heard. 
I have I have made the decision that they're the worst band I've ever heard. So I do feel for you on that. Sounds like the guy's kind of a badass. It also sounds like, though, to me, and this is just something that, like, I'm thinking about, is that, like, is it possible to maybe agitate is probably the wrong word, but is it possible to maybe get him to put you on the books or, or give you a commitment that you're always, you know what I mean? Like maybe even just some notice if the work's going to go away, you know, do you think he would give you notice if, if he thought that you weren't going to have work to do? All right. Um, that's a very, um, that's a very apt question. Um, the point is, is that I have worked for him for so long that at one point I was 1099, like a subcontractor. And I'm still living with the debt of that with the IRS. Uh. And so he, he took me back in knowing that, and basically it's just uh, paying me cash under the table. And there's been times where he, he sort of, uh, talk to me like that was, um, sort of a point against him. Like, oh, uh, sorry that he's doing me a favor, but I really felt like that mostly helps him. This is one of the questions I had for y'all. It might not, though. It does. It ten, I mean, we have 1099 people and they take the hit on the taxes. Oh, we don't take a hit. We don't get it, but we get an advantage for having employees, right? On our taxes? I don't know how that part works. You don't know? Because yeah. I, th- I was always under the understanding that because we have 1099 employees, we get deductions on our taxes because we're paying people for services. So it might be a thing where, like, he maybe wants to claim it so that he can write things off on taxes that he can't currently write off, you know? I don't know if that's true. Well, I don't know, but I mean, I really feel like there's, um, he's, he's, he's brought it up a couple of times. Like it's something he's helping me with. And there's also been other situations like, uh, recently we were working on a job and, uh, you guys have brought up, I've been, all right. Uh, here's something I should bring up. I've been, for the last two weeks, I've been listening to almost nothing but you two. <laughs> and I, I have uh, kind of been brought in by the Chapo Trap House lads, and then somebody else brought it up to me. So I've been listening to you guys, and I, I started messaging you, and you told me you'd uh, bring me on. And uh, one of the things that you've mentioned recently is having to do illegal things for your employer. And this was something I've, I've, I've encountered many times where just, it's really small potato shit. And I'm not saying I put myself at risk, but there has been moments where I've been asked to throw things into trash where if the wrong person were to see me doing it, maybe I'm facing a fine. And I don't know that this guy would eat it for me. And this is just, you know, like one of the other sort of, um, small business tyrant things that I feel like I've encountered. Yeah, if yeah. he's having you illegally dumped because he's too cheap to pay to have stuff dumped and also probably throwing away stuff that you're not supposed to throw away in, in the trash. It's like the, the oil change guy or the guy that changes your oil and dumps it in the gutter so it goes down the sewer yeah. kind of situations too. Those are those are pretty dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I... Um... Well, this is what I... 
I worked, um, I, I had a job, um, when, uh, Charlotte was born, uh, that was under the table and I loved it and it was pretty good money because I also got tipped out, uh, and I worked in the back of the house, but I was making $12 an hour and I eventually talked him to $14 an hour and it was under the table. And it was like, this was a part-time job. I was working 18 to 20 hours a week. I mean, if it's my full-time job and I'm working like that precarious situations, like I would need some sort of improvement. Like I, do. I would at least be asking for a lunch and a break. And if you're this invested with the guy, I mean, you maybe should, you need to find the breaking point and kind of lean on it and just say like, I'm, I'm your right hand guy, you know, like I should be the fucking partner in this place because it doesn't get done if I'm not here. And, and no one's going to put up with all of your weird bullshit you know like you're comfortable as hell too because you know that none of your toxic ass behavior is going to be questioned by your employee you know no that's a that's a fucking really astute point dude you nailed it um a real big part of what i deal with on a day-to-day basis is that me and him can get into squabbles but i know uh my value and my standing and so we've learned to sort of have more quiet squabbles that don't really make waves. And that is, I mean, dude, you absolutely nailed it. I mean, that's sort of what we deal with right now. And I mean, it's just, it's so funny that I, I just, he's like a, he's like a, a a covered in tattoos guy who is like all about the police. And I don't understand it. I'm like, dude, you're like an outlaw guy. How are you trying to be the police guy? It's That's so weird. Racism. He- it's always racism. You got to like, just think of it. Like they, the reason is because they're racist. So they got to take the police side because black lives matter pisses them off. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta cut you off. There's, um, so much of that in my history with this person. I, I, I met him at a point in my early 20s when I was a, a born-again Christian. I met him through a church I was in, and I started to hang out with this guy at, uh, in, the, in the work uh, scenario, and I went along with it for a long time. I believe I voted for McCain in the first Obama election, Okay, and I was sort of pressured into that because I was involved in this church scenario. And then I later on in the, in the second Obama election, I was, um, I was sort of told how to vote from the pulpit and I left the church and it made waves between not only me and the church, but me and this guy. It was, I mean, it was just crazy shit. I mean, now I'm a fucking, I don't know. I'm a Buddhist or something. I don't know. Okay. But, well, you might be able to change his mind too if you get yeah. him, if you talk to him. He sounds like he might be possible. You know, you just got to get that outlaw thing to get out there. You know, you got to say like you're an outlaw. Why do you like the police? It's, They're the in law. Um, does he do his own books? Does he do all the taxes, or does he have somebody for that? Uh, you know, I mean, this is why I've. Uh... I just called myself Luke from New England because I didn't want to uh, bring it all uh, on myself. But okay. I mean, I owe, I mean, I, I apparently owe the IRS money. I don't know 
exactly okay. how much because I'm literally afraid to tap on their shoulder and ask about it because then they start looking in on you. Oh, right. And then, yeah, they're going to wonder where your money's coming from now, you're thinking? Yeah, well, yeah, it's sort of that thing where I'm not yeah. sure how the whole thing works. Yeah, I um yeah, it sounds like you need to maybe I I don't know, you need to have a just a conversation with that with the guy, a better one. Um cuz I I'm even thinking of it right now like if he just has like an LLC and can appoint you to some bullshit position and give you a salary, that would actually help his taxes tremendously. Yeah, that's what I It, it would like if he if you were just withdrawing your wages is like a member of the board of his LLC, then you would then you would be like helping him a lot he'd get to write off your entire oh, all of your wages would go against the spending of the company you know it would look like you made no money it, sorry go ahead uh no don't be sorry um to a degree it feels to me like i'm dealing with a person who is in trump land where i can't um uh, if i were to bring up he's uh oh, sorry uh let me be more clear he's told me a few times that if you were to try to bring on only one employee, it won't benefit him at all. It'll, mm. it'll actually, he has to match my taxes. Yeah, Basically whatever I make, he has to put that up. Yeah. And then he also, he's sort of broken the whole thing down and sort of made it sound like he's at a disadvantage. And then later on when it benefits him in argument, he explains how, you're, um, I'm actually helping you out. So, I mean, I always try to work these things out in my head. Like, should I bother probing to the center of this? Like I said, I do make fairly decent money. As long as I, I get, I get paid cash and per day and I get an envelope at the end of the week and that's last week's pay. Yeah. So uh I'm in that sort of a situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, if I quit, do I even get the last envelope? I don't yeah. even know. He's <laughs> yeah, like I, a very nice guy, but well, we have to get some more calls. Um, but but I would say my homework is I would go look at other job listings. Like Brian said, you do have a valuable skill. I would take a look and see what's out there and what's available, um, because you're always going to be at the whim at some crazed madman in, in this situation, and it's it's just feels like. You're dancing on the edge of a knife the whole time, you know. It's the it, it, I yeah, it would if the money's good. Like I, I've been in situation. I put up with. The, I had a really shitty boss that was abusive and weird, and I knew I was going to quit the job, so I would go in there and just roll with the punches. But if I thought this was going to be my money maker for you know however many more years, I'm like I want to I want to feel better about the this relationship that I'm in. Uh. But thanks for calling well, in. Hey, I appreciate I mean, it. Thank you. It yeah, thank great. you for calling. Yeah, and good luck. I, I mean, I, it, I mean, I mean, nothing is in a hurry, you know. So, it, I'm sure you have time to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been working with the guy for a long time, so it's something that I can work on. Hey, and at thanks least for the thanks at for least the attention. Get, at least you, you get to best. listen. Yeah, and at least you get to listen to some uh, uh, cool music while you're uh, working. So that's something. You know, Seether, Careless oh, Whisper. Yeah. That's a banger. <laughs> Lips of an angel. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks for calling. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I miss people making me listen to that music. Yeah. I had to actually make myself listen to it so that I could get back to it. Yeah, you just know? a little revisit. All right. Uh, oh, we got some jump-ins here. Oh, man. Why do we not? Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello? Unmute yourself. Skelly they always Holly. mute themselves. Yeah. This might be a mutation. This is a muter. A mutant. A mutant. <laughs> I think the best insult is mutant, I think. Yeah. Oh, mutant's great. I listen to this show called Voices of Wrestling, and they call people who collect title belts belt mutants. <laughs> and every time I'm like, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well yeah. Call. Guess. Mutated into a skeleton. Maybe they drove under a bridge. Um, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys, you got me unprepared. I'm like looking. I went and bought like cigars and a new lighter tonight, so I'm like looking around, but I'll focus on the call. So, okay, uh, okay. it's Echo 65. Robert, hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Robert? How's it going? Thanks for thanks for tolerating me again, once again. Uh, uh, check in. I'm doing much better now that I'm not under the shadow of thinking I'm gonna die. Like That's that good. was really taking a toll on me when I called last time. If you could couldn't tell, yeah, <laughs> sure. But I've kind of, I've kind of just gotten over it, and I've adjusted to my like new state of being, and so now I'm just trying to make the most of it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's which the means way I'm busy all the time. I, I haven't played video games in like like two three weeks, and video games are kind of my life. But I've been so busy, I've been doing this. I'm with you, yeah, but that's not what I called for. So I should, change. I should get on message. Okay, what's up? Uh, Q. Oh, oh yeah. Well, first off, tagging the other calls, like I, I kind of get irritated whenever somebody makes fun of Texas because, like, they're not going to be comrades in five years, but they're going to be a purple or blue state in five years, and it'd be cool if we like start treating them as such with respect. Like, that's a lot of you know, you know, electoralism sucks, but like that's a lot, a lot of electoral votes. So, yeah. Like, let, let's let's bump up Texas. Like Texas is good. I think Texas rules. I like the people. I've been to Texas a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the people in Texas. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, another call earlier was about Jenny's, and I was watching. Uh, you guys ever watch Hot Ones? Yes. I have watched Hot Ones. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's an interview show. They had like an on location episode one time at this like posh LA. Uh, wing place, right? Mm-hmm. And a uh, part of the feature of the video was th- them showing their collection of Jenny's ice cream in the back, and it was a big deal. People love that. And shit. I was like, oh, I guess Jenny's is like, I guess Jenny's is a big deal now because like, yeah, they're primarily in Ohio and in LA. <laughs> a collection, also. It's funny that people have collections. I have the whole, I have the whole August uh, twenty twenty menu available yeah. in my deep freezer. And they do like hype nice. type stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, they do hype drops. Yeah. They had Tyler the Creator do oh. a flavor. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it's got star power. Yeah. Uh, third thing, uh, you guys, did did one of you guys edit that that highlight video from the other week? Last uh, week? Never. Jake highlights. Does me the and highlight Brett bits. would never. Hi- okay. Ever. Me and Brett would never. Okay. Hi- I was wondering. <laughs> Dude, I thought one of you guys went to school, but whoever did that did an excellent job. Everybody listening needs to go watch that video. It's amazing, and I can't wait for the next one he does. Oh, Very well, good. then I did it actually. I I was the one that edited that video. Well, thank you, Bri. You made me smile. That was very nice of you, actually. You know, I I Uh, work hard. So, 
So originally I was going to call in with a conspiracy type story, but I'm a little rusty on what I was going to say. I also have a gross mucus story that changed my life on top of my life already being changed. So you can either pick the conspiracy story that I might fumble or the mucus story, which is fresh in my head because it was two days ago. Why don't we do the conspiracy story? Just because the mucus story might be a little, might make me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's that I cleared out my sinuses. I basically, like, See. deep cleaned all of the sinuses in my face, and I feel like a new person now. Okay, okay. You do the neti pot? Yeah. Uh, no, I just use, like, a simple nasal saline solution, right? Because the key is salt. It's the saline. Uh, and so, yeah. Do you want to hear about it, or you want me to, like, try to switch mm, to the other story? Let's try to do the conspiracy one, because we're, we're running out of time here, yeah. so... I'd like yeah, to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to be. Yeah, I don't want to meander. Okay, I'll I'll go sit down to try to get this out better. Uh, okay. It's funny. I'm gonna come sit with my with my Google speaker, which is the subject of the conspiracy thing. Oh. Uh, so, <clears throat> so it's like a it's like a concept, right? Uh, I call it Google Jesus uh-huh. because the Google speaker, like I have a Google speaker I'm looking at right now. I have one upstairs. It's kind of like your little miniature Oracle Jesus figure in your home. Right. I'm getting too excited. I'm getting out of breath. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Uh, okay. So the, the way the Google speaker is like Jesus, right? Or God, because it's omniscient. It's omnipotent. It knows everything. If you ask it a math question, if you ask like what a million times five is or whatever you want to say, it knows the answer. If you want to know facts, it knows the facts, right? Mm-hmm. So it has all the answers for you and it can help you out. It's like it, you can interact with it and set a schedule and blah, 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 which is, yeah, Some we know the church features. analog, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Brett has yeah, Alexa, yeah, yeah. so I've seen it work. But, 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 the fun thing is, the ways in which Google Jesus is omnipotent that we will never know of, and ways that we don't ever conceive of. There are things that Google knows that we will never know, and some of us never will know that we don't know. Yeah. As in, like, there is a solid data point that exists in the world of how many murders have been witnessed by a Google speaker. Uh Like that's just a data point that exists and that we will never know. But Google, Google Jesus knows that fact among all the other things that Google Jesus has heard. It's heard everything. I would like to, I would like to know that Uh, answer to tell you the truth. That is an interesting question. Yeah. Maybe I'll contact Google and say how many murders have happened (laughs) under your watch. Hey, you know, after this call, you know, somebody, somebody might call in and ask them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. There's all sorts of like other trauma and weird data points that like, we don't even know that Google knows and they use it for like capitalism. They use this data to further drive their goals and their data collection and yeah they'll be like uh i your google speaker noticed a murder happen would you like to buy a new knife is what it would say you know it's like one day you're looking through your google news stories which i do every day yeah Uh, totally useless shit but uh it'll say like i know you're interested in knives because you killed that person in front of a speaker yeah well, uh, well, well, thanks for like the, the way I'm thanks suggesting for the idea, it, it, but uh, we got more people in the queue. Okay, we got a bunch yes, of people in the queue. You do. Yeah, and we got like yes, you 20 do. minutes, okay. so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad I got on and talked to you guys. Yeah, give us a call next uh, week. Plug, We're always around. 
Well, not next week because it's yeah, plus ABCD, Twitter but the week after. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, and, I don't, I don't qualify for that show. Uh, uh, yeah, Twitter Echo sixty five, TikTok under slash Echo sixty five. I'll talk to you guys. Nice, hey. Sorry about that. We'll we'll, right. we'll get right, you. Thanks. We'll give you a longer That's time cool. next time. No, no. Um. All right. Next call. Yeah. Google Jesus. Google Jesus. Yeah. Someone pointed out in the chat. God has never done math for me. You know. God That's is, true. Google's better just than say, God. Hey, God, uh, do some math for me. Google's better than God. Right. I guess. I mean, I don't know. They did say don't do evil, so... Okay. Don't be evil, was that their thing? Google? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I their original totally quote oh, oh, was yes. like, don't be evil. That sounds like a trivia thing. That sounds like a Jeopardy question. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, yes. This is Grayson from Orange County, California. Grayson. Also known as Fixer Punk in the chat. What's up, Grayson? Hi. How's it going? Um, going pretty well tonight. I actually wanted, I wanted to call in during the Get Motivated, but I didn't even know that that was a call-in show, but I promised that I would call in and share this, this Dave Ramsey um, slash crappy job story. I would love to hear um, it because we're talking about I, Dave Ramsey tomorrow. Yeah, this is perfect timing. I'm so glad I could help. So, um, after I graduated college, um, I got the veritable slew of crappy jobs confounded by the fact that I had anxiety issues and practically agoraphobia for a while um, because of a, an accident that I had that gave me a concussion. And that's a whole other story on the corruption of the American legal system and how suing the government is something that no lawyer wants to help you to do. Okay. Um, but I actually... Um, I was Dave Ramsey kind of motivated me to go out and try to get a bunch of what turned out to be crappy jobs to try to pay down my debt using my credit card debt using the debt snowball method, the gazelle intensity. I was so gung ho for it. I would go around talking to my family and impersonating Dave Ramsey <laughs> when telling his points and. <laughs> And I noticed, though, that unfortunately, with it, when I was w listening to Dave Ramsey, I started to get a lot of my anxiety symptoms at times, especially when he was criticizing certain types of behaviors. Oh. And I would, it, it would be so viscerally bad that it was like my PTSD startled response. Yeah. And I went in to get the treatment that I needed that ultimately practically cured me of my uh, PTSD. And I decided I bought a bunch of Dave Ramsey's DVDs to bring in with me to the to this treatment called neurofeedback where they stuck EEG wires to your head while training your brain to repair itself basically and not have these anxiety responses and they would let you watch a DVD of something during the um, whatever you wanted to bring in during the treatment session um, while the computers were monitoring your brain so I decided okay I'm having these anxiety responses to Dave Ramsey I went in there and gave him the Dave Ramsey disc, and I would watch that while it was testing my brain to see, okay, when am I going to get this anxiety response, which it was basically the pattern was just that everything would be fine for a while, and then just all of a sudden I would start to tense up and get upset over one of the, uh, one of the things he was saying. It would take me a while to calm right back down. It was a lot less insightful than I thought in terms of the data, but I literally had wired my head to a to a computer or a, or a medical professional wired my head to a computer to monitor what my brain was doing 
when I was getting anxious over Dave Ramsey because I thought, okay, if I can train myself to think better and not have this response that maybe I can learn this Dave Ramsey stuff and get it down when in fact I was really dealing with the oppression of a bad government and capitalism. That's why I had a, had a bunch of debt and it was cognitive dissonance that was actually causing me to have these reactions. That is wild though, that like, wow. you were able to narrow it down to like, holy shit, Dave Ramsey's giving me panic attacks. Cause I would feel the same way. I think, you know, just from the limited amount I've listened to of his, he does seem to be trying to give you anxiety. <laughs> like, well, I would seems see, like his whole game there. And the people that I know that that actually still preach Dave Ramsey um, had extremely harsh fathers that judged everything they did and thought every decision they made was stupid. That's stupid. And Dave Ramsey really comes off like your dad saying, "What the hell are you doing? You're stupid. You went and got McDonald's." You're stupid. You went Starbucks. You're stupid. <laughs> you didn't try to get a better job. You know, you didn't do all this. You know, you should have known, you know, and it is, uh, I think it just, it makes people feel like the, the problem with self-help is that it gets people into this spiral where they feel like they're doing something just because they're heightening their awareness of the bad behaviors in their lives, but that's not accomplishing anything, no. you know? No, you're actually right. And also... Dave Ramsey saying, damn, Dave Ramsey saying, are you eating avocados instead of chili out of a can? That's stupid. Yeah. You know, you know how much an avocado is? You know how much a whole can of chili is? Right. I rest my case. I'm Dave Ramsey. No, he comes off like a total fucking prick. And, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get anxious listening to him tomorrow because, uh, uh, he just, I don't know. I think that like, the, the way it feels with these financial self-help gurus is that like the whole goal is to make you second guess any time you've ever decided to choose luxury over like stuff. They want you to live like a Spartan lifestyle that you get nothing good until you die. Really? Yeah. Because they always say if you get rich people don't buy Lamborghinis and you're like, but like why not yeah well, i'm 65 i said i'm gonna have eight million dollars when i'm 65 i can't get a lamborghini even then yeah it seems like you should be allowed to have a lamborghini if you have eight million dollars <laughs> but that's just my thing you know uh that that's wild though grayson that was a that was a great story did the staff have anything to say about dave ramsey at all did they make any comments um, not, not really. The doctor, I, I was surprised that they weren't too familiar because the doctor I went to was Christian. He had spoken at some local churches, but they didn't really make any, they didn't really make any comments about it. The only thing was the very nice technician who was like, you know, you're, you're, you want to really invest your energy into this when I, when I would just say, I need to take a break from this. Can we restart? Very compassionate approach to it. But yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was a very, it was a very inter it was definitely a very interesting experience. And it took me a while to kind of figure out what's going on. I was, even then though, the thing is, I was still skeptical and I have, I've had to learn to trust my own skepticism because a lot of this conservative rhetoric is very fear based. Yeah. And I tend to fall prey to it throughout yeah. my life in so many different ways because I felt like, okay, this means I need to act and I need to act in the way they need to act. And I'm like, no, I need to think a way of a way to work through this in a more unique and a more creative way to get my goal back to the be a pitcher, not thrower model that I mentioned on prior call, find it, find a unique way around it from what you're being 
signaled to. And I actually wound up even making fun of Dave Ramsey at some point on an episode of my, of my podcast, even during this, this whole thing is, is because I, I knew that I knew intuitively that it was wrong, but I couldn't quite put the finger on why exactly it was, it was wrong. So Dave Ramsey only makes sense if you have a major concussion. I, the thing is, well, though, anxiety does make you do some pretty weird oh, shit. Yeah. You know, you see my habits that are horrible, and a lot of them are developed around a life of constant anxiety, you know? And, like, uh, I, I mean, I totally understand it. I, that it, it, When you have a brain that goes over the bad stuff over and over and over again constantly. I can see getting sucked in by somebody who is just reiterating the bad stuff. Like saying that the habits you have make you bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could understand. Yeah. I, I think I, I the anxiety comes from, you know, a lot of us with anxiety. Uh, I, I can speak for me. As a person with anxiety who it, it all centers around like kind of being a bad person, like in my mind, like I just think like I'm a bad person. I never do the right thing. I, I always say the wrong thing. I'm, I'm, I'm evil. I'm mean and shit like that. That like a guy that just comes on and says like all those bad decisions you made were bad decisions and you should be punished for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. What I did find, though, is that with those types of responses, that um, that like physical movement is like the thing that would fix them. Like when I was listening to Dave Ramsey, got some some of those feelings. Like I literally timed timed it so that I would uh, so that I would listen. Even when I put on your get get motivated um, episode, I would time it around so this is like the time when I'm going to be doing my workout because I know that 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 I can use that adrenaline rush in some sort of positive. Um, in some sort of positive way, mm -hmm. uh, instead of instead of just imploding upon myself with it, if I have to subject myself to such um, to such information, um, and I I don't want to I I don't want to impose on you guys, but somebody did say in the chat of one of the times I've called into the show, this guy should start a podcast. So if uh, if you're okay with it, I'll give you the website to find my podcast. Yes, yes, please have us yeah. on. So it's yeah. So Absolutely, I'd love to. I'm just I have to figure out the tack of getting the uh, the call-in thing and Spreaker, which is the solution that I've started to use, and it's very embryonic. There's some old stuff on there, but it's at fixerpunk.com, which is the username I use in the chat. F i x e r p u n k dot com, and you'll find everything. Or just look for the Fixer Punk podcast on basically every every platform out there sweet good luck with it and thanks for calling in yeah and grace and i wanted to say dave dave, dave ramsey may have beat you down but i you you actually did inspire me and motivate me with your explanation of finding a unique way to get around things it's going to require something outside of the negative mindset but it's a po it's possible to get through the problems it's just going to take a new way of thinking about it instead of beating yourself up i love it Yes, yes. I'm starting to learn kind of the revolutionary mental attitude to steal a line from a song. Um, PMA! And thank you so much. Really okay. Thanks for calling. Peace. All right. Peace. Um, drop the call. It's not dropping. Here not we go. dropping. All right, get it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we Got talking to minutes. tonight?
Hey, this is Justin Comer. Justin, what's, what's up, up man? Buddy? How's it going, fellas? Great. What's going on tonight? Well, I don't have uh, too much to say tonight, but I did want to tell you, Brian, that uh, your show makes me want to puke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he feels ashamed right now. Now I'm going to go home and think about this call, Justin. <laughs> if I didn't know... Oh, my God. If I didn't know you well enough, I would say I'm going to go home and think about this for the rest of the night. But instead, I know you're a good guy, did your podcast, and uh, it was wonderful. Justin's never, Justin lives in Iowa. He's never listened to Slipknot. So that's a little thing for the listeners that's, that bothers me a little. But what are you going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I was just a joke. The other day, Brian tweeted that uh, something he loves about all the shock jocks he listens to, or Stern specifically. Oh, that's right. So many callers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many callers call in to say that the show makes them want to puke or that they're masturbating. Yes. So I figured I'd just uh, call in and say that for you. They do. They'll call in and be like, I was listening yesterday when Ronnie described putting stuff in his ass and I wanted to puke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like I was listening yesterday when you had that girl on, and I was just fucking. J- I pulled over my car and I just jacked off. And it's like, what? Stop <laughs> it! Like that's not even like a cool thing to lie about. No, you know no. why are you doing this? You're in and trouble. <laughs> I, I actually started thinking about it after I posted that, Justin. And I think those are plants. Yeah. I now believe oh, yeah. those to be plants now. That makes sense, because, I mean, no normal person would ever call to say that, I don't think. Jacking off is the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, not the act of jacking (laughs) off is not that weird, but I'm saying saying you're jacking off to a radio show is a very odd thing. (laughs) But I would love it if more people called in and said, I was listening to your show last week, and when you were talking about pooping, I fucking barked. No, when we were talking about plowing. Yeah. yeah, someone was. Someone said our plow, our plow talk sounded very sexy. Oh, when we talked about plow, oh, I was listening. You guys were talking about plowing, and I just fucking beat off to it. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it just got me too excited. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you got anything else, man? Uh no, I guess uh, everyone listening, you should also listen to my podcast, Rock Hard Caucus. It's a lot like Street Fight. Yeah, it's That's good. Right. It's a good time. I was on it recently, and it was a lot of fun. I did it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely check out our appearances yeah. on there. And, again, yeah, I got please both pressure these people into listening to Slipknot. Because this is just a, actually, a crime, actually, to tell you the truth. <laughs> actually, that would be a, a good opportunity for me to plug. We did just put up a Patreon goal. Uh, if we reach a hundred dollars a month, we will listen to and review Slipknot's album Iowa. Oh, that's a big get. Uh oh, hey, yeah. you know I think you need yeah. to. First of all, I think Iowa would freak out you guys a little bit because you know it's a little heavier, it's a little harder core, you know, than maybe what you're used to. But I'll tell you what, if you just give it a chance, it'll blow you away. I'm pretty open to heavy music. It, it's just not like my my main forte, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you get there. Yeah, I I think you will. And uh, the podcast is good. Listen in and Justin K. Comer on Twitter, right? 
That's correct. I'm a fan of Justin. Go follow him. He's cool. Thanks for calling, Justin. Thanks for barfing to my show. Thanks, Brian. Of course. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Next time, beat off, though, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll do that next week. Yeah. Hey, I'm listening to your show this <laughs> week, and you were talking about a small business tyrant, and I just started cranking my hog. <laughs> yeah, all this talk about the, uh, the Google... Speaker being Google God Jesus. got me really horny. <laughs> I'm an exhibitionist. I I realized that the Google Jesus knows that I jack off all the time. <laughs> it has a catalog. The the Google has a catalog of all the time I cranked my hog. Oh my god, they probably do. Yeah, oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. They know that sound. They know that specific sound you make. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then in the future, one day, they're going to fucking play it when you get out of line. That's how the government's going to control you. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, this is Black this mouth. is what he sounds like when he jacks off, and everybody in the country will laugh at you. <laughs> yep. Thanks for calling, Justin. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Peace. Dave Ramsey will go on TV and play the audio. Yeah. Um, you know what? He reminded me of something, uh, but this was way back with the Jenny's call. I just realized that it would be kind of fun to hand people ice cream samples because you get some very hilarious reactions. Really? Yeah, people are going to be like disgusted immediately. They'll be more unfiltered, you know? I feel someone, it would make me laugh to see someone try goat cheese ice cream and be like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do, probably. Um, Let's see. Last call to end them all. Thanks for talking to Street Fight or calling in. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys, Bobby, can you hear me? Yep, yep. What's up, Bobby? Bobby? Yo, what's going on, guys? Um, <laughs> I just have a really good, quick, dumb boss story to tell you. Yay! Yeah, exactly go for what it. we need. <laughs> so, um, my current boss owns like five different beer stores, and um, he owns the stores, but he does not like. I work at the one where he owns the property, if that makes sense. Okay. So, like, the other stores are in, like, shopping malls and stuff where they have contracts to, like, clear snow out and shit, you know? Okay, okay. All right. So, I work at the one. So, like, we have... So, he tries to get us to clear all the snow out. And then, you know, I'm the only employee for, like, you know... 12 hours a day, I guess, like whatever. What? It's no big deal. Like easy job. Yeah. But, but you, he, you're also he in charge like, of doing the snow. Uh, I mean, apparently I don't really consider myself to be in charge because he calls like twice a day and says it's like a snow plow's coming or something. Oh, okay. So, okay. Like I, I clear out like what's needed, like, like in front of the store and stuff like that. Like just so that, just enough that people don't slip, if that makes yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But I actually I, I parked my car there for a couple of days because I live around the block, and then I had to dig my car out, and he he walked in asking what my car was doing there. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, what now? I, yeah, I, I told him I was like. Yeah, I I told him I was like I was like, hey dude, like, do you mind if I like park my car here for a couple of days? Like, I don't have a spot. Like, y- y- you know, like I live around the block and I'm opening. And he he says no big deal. And then he looks at the security cameras and goes, whose car is that? 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, that's my car. He, he's like, oh, oh, okay. And then he calls again and says, hey, did the plow come and did any salt come? And I'm like, uh, no, not at all, because my car is like placed in at this point. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Such a good, like, that fucking sucks, it's such too. such a good, like, dumb person story. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I got it out, you know, I got it out earlier today and I was driving around, like, it's no big deal, but I was still like, it still made me look through everything. Like, what is this guy doing? Like, what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't want to deal with that snow. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. I, oh yeah, no. Yeah. This is the uh, only lot that he actually owns is that, you know, like the only lot that he's responsible for mm-hmm. and like, there's nothing that's being done to it. So it's a very good, like. Like dumb, dumb person story. Yeah, cheap. I too. think it was no cheap idea. Person. Yeah, cheap. No cheap, idea. It's just so just, cheap. If I don't do anything, it'll be fine. Yeah, snow melts. Snow melts. You know? That's the yeah, way you know, I probably yeah, would we, think we have, too. We, that's how I live my life. Brett lives his life. Think just Brett really seriously, sincerely lives the snow melts life lifestyle, as we say. Yeah, I should be better. Mm. I will. Well. It's too late now. Too late. Maybe next year. Well, thanks for calling in. That was a good (laughs) dumb boss story. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Peace. Peace. All right. That's the show. That's Street Fire Radio. Uh, Thanks to everybody that uh, supports what we do. Um, The plan, I hate announcing things. (laughs) The plan is this Thursday to do our first D&D live stream. That's going to be... um, that's going to be on Thursday night uh, in the evening time around 8 p.m., 9 p.m., somewhere in there. Uh, I'll send out information uh, this week as we get closer to the date. Uh, Brian and I and Jake and Tasha are going to be playing the first uh, episode of our D&D campaign. You can watch that on twitch.tv slash Radio. Um, we're going to be raising money for Texas mutual aid funds. I know they're doing a hell of a lot of good things right now. So that's what we'll be doing during the stream. Uh, and Twitch makes that the, it's the easiest to do that on Twitch. Um, so if you don't have an account, head over to twitch.tv slash street fight radio, uh, and, and you can do that for us. Um, we will see you on Wednesday night with a regular basement show. Next Sunday is the ABCD call in show. That's anybody but cis dudes. You got it. So don't call in if you're not. And uh, we will see you on Wednesday and on the, the internet. He's Murder X Brian on Twitter. I'm Street Fight WCRS on Instagram. Uh, peace.